Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. What in the hell do you think you're doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get laid. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Man, I cannot tell you how glad I am to be back out. It seems like it's been a month, and in fact it has, because a month ago we were right next door, right across Carrollton here for our tavern tour stop number one in January. This is number two for February, and uh, it, there's been every Friday, and I kind of kind of get the shakes a little bit, right, because I want to get out, I want to hang out, I want to see you guys. Uh, I want to get with our betting analyst, Brent Halverson, who I'll bring on board in a second, and we'll celebrate Heaven Hill Distillery and our tavern tour stop. We're at the Broad Ripple tavern today in broad ripple off of Carrollton, right here it has been a staple for so many years the broad ripple tavern and i'm telling you what at everything under the heaven hill umbrella what the samples are happening right now thank you fellas appreciate that you got great food here and we have a crap ton to be talking about brian evans regarding iu and purdue the former big 10 player of the year going to join us coming up in just a minute too i'm going to get you updated on the pacers and the celtics from last night. The weekend in sports. Bubba Ventrone official to the Browns and why we just had a conversation in here about that too. While you don't want to lose great coaches, it's not that big of a deal. At least that much of a deal as everybody is making it out to be. And Daniel Jeremiah saying today that if the Colts are really serious about getting one of the best quarterbacks out there, and again, this is all dependent upon who they view as the best quarterback on their board. But if they plan on getting one of the best, which would be two in this draft, according to Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network, they need to bust it up to number one and get that pick coming up in the spring. We'll talk about that and more coming up in just a minute as well. By the way, until I hear otherwise, I think it's my new haircut to go along with my handsome chiseled features. But apparently, <laughs> apparently the... The YouTube chat, we like to call the lounge. It's the YouTube live thing we do every afternoon here on the ride with JMV. Apparently on the studio end downtown, it's frozen. Now, I'm going to tell you what. If you guys aren't getting a peek at this right now, 
you got to be kidding me. You're going to say, is that dude 53? Is he lying about that? Guy looks 23 right here. I come off a great haircut today. I am looking good. The chiseled features are here. Even though I didn't go play basketball last night, I sat on my ass at home. There's a lot that I've got going for me right here before you. So hopefully we can thaw out that screen back at the studio and get everything fired up so we can have that consistent conversation and all the fun we have every single day inside the lounge via YouTube Live. That's the ride with JMV. If you want to participate in that, get there. You might be a little bit frozen. Conversation still will be had. A little bit frozen. I mean, listen, it, like you guys call me powder anyway all the time, right? You think that's funny? So, yeah, frozen powder, it all kind of works in there right now. So, hopefully the picture, whenever James gives me a heads up, will be good to go. I mentioned Brian Evans going to join us coming up in just a bit regarding IU Purdue Part 2 tomorrow. Bob Lovell with high school sports. The girls' state finals tomorrow, four games in all. The fellas winding down the regular season in preparation for sectional play next week. And a lot of college stuff with Bob at the bottom of this hour. Tony East is going to join us. Locked on Pacers. Channel 13, Forbes, and more regarding the Pacers and the Celtics. And this four-gamer on the road the Pacers embark upon. And they'll take on Orlando coming up tomorrow. Tony East in the 4 o'clock hour and voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher. As always on a Friday coming up in the 5. But let me introduce because it's been a long time coming. I'll even slide the camera over. Uh, you have to be careful. He's sitting on a stool, so you're going to get more of a nut shot anything than uh, my face here. Hold on, I'll put it back. Yeah, that's, that's not the best camera angle. That's not catching his best side, shall we say, right there with Brent Halverson of Evan Hill Distillery. I should have got your chair, brother. Hey, we'll I get it not, worked out. I didn't know until I hope the screen is frozen on that. I just spotted over there. I'm going <laughs> to nestle into one of those here in a Thanks second. Thanks for having us back hey, here again. Back, and, uh, Broad Ripple Tavern is a great spot. You know, and again, what a, what a kickoff yes. to the 2023 Tavern Tour. I mean, we started across the street, the Alley Cat, which was outstanding it was. last month. And uh, we're here right across the street at Broad Ripple Tavern, a staple here in Rotterdam. Well, this is a back. hell of an idea. We've been here before, and it's always a great time here. And not only is it a staple, but it's a staple hangout for Absolutely. so many folks. Absolutely. So many folks call this their home base in Broad Ripple. And with a name like Broad Ripple Tavern, yeah. right, it, it fits all the bill right there. So it's good to be back. Nikki, Nicole, all the, the, the great people around here. So it's uh, it's fun. And uh, we're gonna, we got a good show involved. And you know what's funny, John? I was having lunch today at Daddy Jack's, and uh, Brian Evans was there, and I went up and said, hey, oh, really? up, man? how are you? He said, hey, if you're going to chance swing by a yeah. PRT we're gonna right do a show on. he's like yeah john just sent me a text i'm like awesome man that we'll is weird it, the it way. is weird right it is a small world it right is a small world my friend but, but uh, good to be back b evans gonna come on we'll talk i am purdue again that's coming up in west lafayette tomorrow evening at 7 30 iu a winner in game one back in january are you sizing up anything as our betting analyst as far as this weekend is concerned that game in mind are you looking at it hardcore that's a tough one that's a tough one john but uh, you know i'm it sizing may be ugly it may be ugly. It may be. It, it ugly. may be. I mean, that, that first game was uh, tremendous, right? You see a, the, the IU home court, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, there's something to be said for that. Going to be tough. Going to be tough going to West Lafayette. Yeah, we'll talk about that with Brent coming up a little bit later on as well. How's everything going? Outstanding. I mean, things are great. Uh, you know, hey, I'm excited. We're getting a little bit of tease with this weather. It was 72 yesterday. Mm -hmm. and it was like 15 last night, which is, you know, welcome to Indiana. But uh, time is right. Uh, we've got a lot of great brands coming around the corner. Some new stuff from Heaven Hill. And then we've got all the old staples here, John. Luckily, I'm used to a really strong tease because I've dealt with that. <laughs> 
all of my life, certainly a couple of decades of my life right here. But yes, the past couple of days and even today, when it's probably not going to bust too far out of 40, no. if it does whatsoever, but you get bright and sunshiny. It just feels good to be outside today. A little bit of sunshine after a couple of nice warm days. I mean, it tells you what's right around that corner. And again, there's some spirits in here to uh, keep you warm if needed. So. What do we got for everybody here, too? We got any specials? I know other than the samples flowing, what do we got, buddy? Well, I tell you, so today on Feature, they've got Larceny Bourbon, one of uh, one of our favorites, right? Uh, we've got some Evan Williams flavors with cherry yeah. and peach, which I'm uh, nipping on a little peach and tea right there. We've got one of our new bourbons, Few Bourbon, will be here today, too. What is this so, called again? So Few Bourbons out of, uh, we recently bought the Samson Surrey uh, lineup back uh, about a year ago. And uh, Few Bourbon is made in Evanston, Illinois. So Chicago. Northwestern Wildcats. That's, that's it, my friend. That's it. We lost so, last night. Yacked up an 18-point first half lead. And ah, unreal, all the road. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Right? But, yep. uh, yeah, so we've got that. Come on out. We'll try with uh, anything we have here. We'd love to love to get you a sample on and uh, enjoy the next three hours of some great talk. How about that? We love to get our samples on around here. And our betting analyst, Brent Halverson, you look over that Purdue and IU game. We'll size that up coming up a little bit later on as well. Brent is here. Brian Evans coming up in a couple of minutes. Before we get to B. Evans on the show and start out our conversation regarding part two of IU and Purdue tomorrow, uh, Pacers last night. A couple of things. You guys remember when, when asked about what I want to see out of the Pacers in the final 22, now 21 games of the regular season. I said, hey, when you have an opportunity to close games late, I don't give a damn what any of these nerds out here talk about. And, well, you know what, draft at uh, assets and draft capital and all that crap, it is all going to fall into place. All right? It's all going to fall into place. But more so than thinking about crap that's going to happen in, in June or July, think about this. Think about a team that's capable of closing out a good team at home. A team in the Pacers, which came from behind, 16 down, had a great third quarter, a really nice fourth quarter. I want to see them more than anything else in games that they can close them. And again, I'm not so worried about who they're going to draft and where they're going to be and how many balls they're going to get in the old hopper or any of that crap. What I'm worried about is, in games like last night, are they going to be able to close? This is a team that is fun to watch. They're young and growing together, but they don't close very well. It's tough to close, especially when you're a team like this, and certainly against a team like Boston, you're not expected to. So last night, last night, Miles Turner gives you just one of the all-time great Pacers performances. I don't care what anybody says. All-time great Pacers performances because he gave you one of the all-time great offensive performances in terms of players in the past that put up 40 points, that put up 10 rebounds, that hit eight three-pointers as he did. He hit rarefied air in what he did offensively at Gamebridge Fieldhouse last night, and I wanted to see that backed up with a win. So here was the problem. It was fun as hell to watch, and they're hanging, and then they have the opportunity to end the game with that final possession and did zero with the ball in that final possession of regulation. That's what I'm talking about. That's what has to be better. Those moments have to be better, and the only way you get better in those moments is produce in those moments. 
And that's what you didn't see last night. And that's why I made such a high level of importance in terms of this team and when they get those opportunities in a late-game situation to win, if it's a bad team or if it's one of the best in the NBA like the Boston Celtics. I want to see what they do when they have that opportunity. They had that opportunity, and Tyrese Halliburton just kind of dribbled. I don't know if it was some kind of thing he still had going with Marcus Smart or if it was going back to December when he hit big shots down the stretch against Boston in Boston that got him the win or if he thinks you know he's supposed to be the guy, which there's no doubt he is the guy on this team. But the guy on this team and the guys on this team, you just needed a point. And it didn't matter how it came. You know, whether you kicked it to somebody for a wide open shot or drove to try to get to the foul line, anything, anything but settling for that. And that's the point I've been trying to make. That is going to be bigger than what you're thinking about in this stinking draft right now. Let these guys play. They don't care about your opinions about how they're supposed to lose. They wanted to win that last night. They do. And I'm sure front office wise, you know, maybe they they're not too sad when they lose now, considering some of the angles they could have in the draft that could lead to angles they could have in trying to bring new players here. That's great. But those guys wanted to win that last night. And that's exactly what I've been talking about. Show us that you can. Show us that you can against a good team. And unfortunately, in that final possession of regulation, the Pacers did not. But a shout-out to Miles Turner. Again, um, if, you guys, if you guys have time today, make sure you go ahead and tweet me at JMV1070 and remind me how right I was about Miles Turner, okay? Just remind me how right I was about that because I, I need I'm, – I'm really sensitive and I need – that positive support that I get from social media from you. So remind me how right I was all along about that. I know it was just one game. Hey, look at the numbers this season. Look at the numbers and then think about some of those you're talking about with the league's most improved. And then get back with me. We'll get back with you coming up. And Tony East in the 4 o'clock hour about that and then some coming up. But on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, apparently the former Big Ten Player of the Year back in the 90s and friend of this show that helps me sleep better with the Aurora Specialty Sleep Clinic ran in to my partner here, Brent Halverson, our betting analyst, a little bit earlier today at lunch. And we all gather here to talk a little bit about IU Purdue Part 2 coming up tomorrow at Mackey Arena in West Lafayette. The lefty Brian Evans is joining us. Hello, Brian. How are you, buddy? Good, John. How are you today? So you ran into to, uh, Brent Halverson today, correct? I did. <laughs> we happen to be at the Is same place. Is there more to the Daddy story Jack. than that than no. just I did? No, no more? Nothing more than just that? Just I did? That's, that's all I know. <laughs> I, I, I had some uh, clam chowder and, and I, I bumped in your buddy. <laughs> now here's my question he gave you the rsvp treatment why why are you not before me right now why are you on the road here why what why i'm on the road why are you not here why are you not here oh oh i'm sorry i give her i see where it come from now no i'm getting ready to meet yeah. a buddy here I, I came out to talk and i'm gonna go back in i got just big important things to do up here on the north side john <laughs> 
Ouch. <laughs> Ouch, man. Ouch. All right. I do, I do understand the business aspect sometimes kind of getting in the way. But how about tomorrow? Speaking of, of business and important things, round number two for IU and Purdue. Given the circumstances where they are for both, what do you think about the matchup for the Hoosiers going into West Lafayette tomorrow? Well, I think it's, uh, you know, timing for Purdue, you know, getting a week off. They haven't been playing their best basketball. They got a great coach. Um, got to imagine he's put them through a, a rough week getting them ready for this. Uh, a lot of film, a lot of time to study, you know, the, the last game we played them. Uh, you're going to have a hungry team that with a win here can pretty much lock up the conference, right? I mean, they're, they're right on the cusp of that. Uh, that makes it pretty – That <laughs> we got our, the, the Hoosiers have their work cut out for them, no doubt. I think it's going to be tough to go in there. The place is – I mean, it's one of the great places to play. Um, they don't hate anybody like they hate us, and it's a, it's a hostile environment. I think for, for Indiana, I, I think it's going to be a, a tall task. I, I, Trace will have a good game. He's, he's played really well on the road. I, I saw some stats today in the paper. It was um, during the Big Ten season – uh, our guys, what they, uh, how many points they've averaged, and what the percentage from the field is, home games versus away games, and it was an ugly stat, man. It, it, Trace is the only guy that plays better on the road. Pretty much everybody else, there's a big drop off, and that's a bad combination for a game like this. You know, Brian, it, it, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's tough, right? Like, I mean, it was a big game, big win for the Hoosiers uh, back a few weeks ago when they played. But on the road, and, and right now they, the Hoosiers are four and seven on the road. You got a 13 and one Purdue squad at home. They're looking for redemption, and there is a, a tougher place to play, uh, number one, than uh, in 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 uh, Bloomington. But I tell you, West Lafayette's going to be a tough task right there. And you got Purdue laying eight and a half. Uh, at home, so that tells you a little bit. I mean, Hoosiers won the game 79-74, I believe, a few weeks ago, but uh, it's going to be a hostile environment. You're absolutely right. These games play. You know, I expect it to play tight. You know, I, I don't, I don't know that I like IU's chances of winning the game, but there's a, so much pride at stake. Um, you know, I, I could see Purdue coming with a knockout punch early, but it's not that easy, man. There's there's 40 minutes on the clock. This team, we've got some fight in us. You know, they've, 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 in the last couple months, they've shown us some fight. I expect Coach Woodson to have these guys ready to compete. You, you know, th- those two uniforms matched up against each other. You gotta, you gotta have the pride. You gotta bring it to West Lafayette. I, I wouldn't bet the Hoosiers, but I expect to see a good game. Is Brian Evans, the former Big Ten Player of the Year, the former Hoosier on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline? You mentioned the uh, the evolution, if you will, of this IU team over the course of the season, and especially from that point in December where you had some low marks to where we are now. What, from a coaching standpoint, have you seen Mike Woodson doing differently, a different approach, anything that has inspired this team to certainly, as you mentioned, play at a higher level? You know, I don't know. I, I, from my vantage point, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm removed from it. I don't. I'm not in the locker room. I don't know what they're talking about. I, I haven't seen any practices. Um, what, what I, so I can't really say that I'm, I'm seeing anything strategic in terms of coaching changes and moves during adjustments during the game. They had, a, they had a, a real effort problem there when, it, when things got ugly. That time you and I talked after that three in a row, that they had an effort problem and. and they weren't competing and and certainly that's changed and and maybe that's something you know that came from the coaching staff but 
they, they, they certainly played harder, and they started playing a little bit smarter. And yeah, guys making shots, but I mean, we also have to go back and say, there's no way to deny that Trace really put the team on his shoulders, and he elevated his play. That that we know. He he really truly did elevate his play an awful lot. I, I've I've seen just greater leadership out of him. Again, from my vantage point, I, he looks like the captain of the team. He, he he never really looked like that to me before. I feel like he's he's grown into that role. Uh, he's gotten more comfortable with the double teams too. He's seen so many of them. But, you know, his passing has improved, and they are sending the double team. Outside of that most recent Northwestern game, he didn't look like himself in that game. That's the first game in probably the last 10 that he didn't look like himself. Um, He's going to have to play fantastic for us to have a chance to win this game. And like we, it seems like everyone says the same thing. They've got to have other guys show up and – and have some stones and play in this game. I mean, this is going to be – hey, the Purdue fans saw how loud it was at Assembly Hall. I mean, that was – you could see it from TV. I watched from TV. They're going to return the favor. There is no question they're going to return the favor. And we've got to have some of these younger guys grow up and, and want to be in that building. I, I, there's been times on the road where I, I look at our guys and I think they'd rather be at home. And – you're not going to win in West Lafayette unless all these guys are ready to play in this game and are ready to rise for that challenge. Brian, I got a question for you, and, and we know how big it is. I think we saw it last night with Northwestern and Illinois. That home court advantage, right? Talk to us a little bit about that. You were a part of it. You get that. You get the fans behind you. You get the momentum swing going, and then you go into an opposing team where you're. That's not happening for you. How much of a, and we all see it, right? But how much of a uh, involvement is that in the actual game? Like what when you get on those big runs, where does that make that shift and change? Anything you can ca- kind of talk to about that? Yeah, you know, I think part of it. I, I know that Coach Knight was was so. You know, that's traveling with him and being a part of that team when the mindset was to win games um, was different. So. You know, when I hear – I've hated this for a while. Coach Crean used to say it. Uh, every, they all say it, and, and now Woody says it too. I've, I've heard him say it several times this year. If you could win at home and split on the road, I don't know who the hell came up with that, but if if Bob Knight would have heard, heard somebody say that, he'd rip your head off. What, what, <laughs> so we're going to – we're going to just, in advance, just decide that we're okay with losing half of our road games. <laughs> right, <laughs> it makes right. no sense. And, and, <laughs> right. But, but everybody says that now. And, and I, so I think it's, a, it's kind of a crappy, crappy mindset to have in the first place. But when we travel together, you know, you know you're going to go into a, a tough environment. But there, there is nothing better than silence in a crowd. And, and if you can stick to your routine, you know, if you believe in each other and you believe in your offense like we did, yeah, we're, we're going to have off games and, and not play our best. But the mindset was always to go in, and we can win here. You know, we can win in this building. We did it last year. We'll do it again. Um, but, hey, you know what? There's certain games like that Michigan State game. Um, the deck is stacked. You know, they're coming off of the, you know, the shooting, and you know that everybody's heart's hurting. That, that's a tough that, – that's just bad scheduling. you got to go in there and be the team that, you know, plays the first home game after that. This Purdue game, it, it's similar, you know. They need to win it. They need to get it. You know, they've, they've had a little skid. They're, they're arch rivals coming to town, and this is, a, this is a tough game to go play in for Indiana. There's no doubt. It's Brian Evans on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I thought, and, and you're absolutely right, they, they had little or no chance to get that done. 
considering everything involved on Tuesday night in East Lansing, I also thought, and I don't know what you thought by watching it, I thought that Trace showed for the first time in a while that he, he was tired. I thought he looked tired out there a couple of different times. I don't blame him, but I thought he looked tired. Well, I, I saw that in the, the first half of Northwestern. He looked uh, lethargic, too. I, you know, after that game, he said – he said he didn't come ready to play. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't understand not coming ready to play, you know, at this point in time in the season. But you could be right. It, it could be more that he's he's wearing down a little bit. I mean, he's he's been carrying a team. He really has yeah. for the last ten to fifteen games. So Brian Evans, the former Hoosier, with us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pylon. He also, as I mentioned, helps me sleep better with the Aurora Sleep Clinic. Is that where you're going back in, talking to somebody about how they can sleep better? We'll go with that, yes. Could be a, it could be a little uh, – could, could be a cocktail hour on my way home after a long week. So uh, it could be that. Well, man, I mean, that is, that does hurt my heart that you're not here hanging out with us, but that's okay. By the way, too, I don't think I have publicly acknowledged and thanked you for the Barry Williams, Greg Brady from the Brady Bunch cameo video that you had him do for me. That was outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Well, you know, I I had to try it. It it, it came from the, the last Purdue IU game. And what they did yep. to our head coach, and I, I think it was you that told me about. You described cameo to me, so I had to go check it out. And the day that I was checking it out, you were you made a Greg Brady reference of some yep. song, <laughs> and I just and I was actually on the site reading about cameo, and I just I said I got to do this for John. This is going to be great. And it turned out awesome. <laughs> no. You know, and and he is one of the dudes on there that really gets into it. I mean, he he gives it to you. That was awesome. What what he said across the board could not have been more Greg Brady than that. It was outstanding. I totally I totally agree. I thought he did a great job. I was I mean I was laughing hysterically by myself when I opened that video up, going, "Wow, he did it." Here he is, and he's talking about you. And then you could tell he spent some time to to script that. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it was awesome. Thank you very much for that. And, hey, as always, thank you for helping me get that bed rest that's necessary with Aurora Sleep Clinic, man. You guys are great. Yeah, your listeners, thank you, John. Your listeners are great. They keep coming in, and they, they always drop your name, and we got to just keep them coming. You got it, buddy. I appreciate it. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Enjoy cocktail hour even more, and uh, we'll chat again here soon. Thanks, friend. Talk to you. It's uh, Brian Evans, the former Hoosier, Big Ten Player of the Year back in, I think, 1995 as it was right there, too, 1990s. For Brian Evans with us via the Andy Moore. On him. Ooh, get another one here. I wasn't looking right there. you got to get. That was in action right there. you got to get full frontal from me right here. Well, right? You, you do look good today. See, I know. Look at that full frontal right there. I'm wow. handsome. That's sexy. What did I do? Denny Smith is here, and I showed up yesterday. Denny and I were at the same place. You got, is Denny's. Headset working okay over there. Denny Smith of WIBC. Did you get a haircut? As well. Can you tell? I yeah, it was blowing in the wind yesterday, <laughs> man. You are slim and trim right now. You it got a haircut. In the wind. No, it was blowing around yesterday. I got. Yeah. I got to get this haircut. Yeah. So uh, looking good. Yeah, I, I think I went to a great clips and spent, <laughs> spent about can, six bucks, and it took about six minutes. I can smell the talcum powder all the way over here. <laughs> it, is, it is right there. What are you doing, buddy? You know, you invited me to come by. I thought, what the heck? I'll go. 
see it. I'm going to brag on my Speedway spark plugs. They're 3 and 17. Did you see Doyle's I saw article? Doyle's. You know, that all those boys go to church with me. Creighton right. and Kane, you know, all of them. And their younger brother, Camden's coming on. But those are all just good kids. And Charlie played for Coach Pollard uh, right. in the 60s or 70s. So it's, The plugs. The plugs, man. Yep. And uh, you guys got tomorrow morning, 9 a.m.? 9 a.m. Not until 1 tomorrow. You that's get a home full. and garden show. Because last week, I think it was cut short substantially because of IU basketball. IU basketball. You know, I, this this league is is something. Big Ten league. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm hoping that IU gets the fourth seed. I know I'm pretty confident that Purdue will get yeah. that first seed. And then Northwestern blew it up last night. I don't know what the heck to think about those guys. They'll probably end up being six seed. I'm telling you, that's where it's so important for IU because you get down. I was talking to Tony Katz this morning about this on your station, WIBC, and you, you get down in the mix with about eight teams that are all right there together. I would love to see IU get up there with Purdue and be one of those double-buy Big Ten tournament type of teams. Yeah, Northwestern helped everybody out again by losing that lead and losing that game last night in Champaign. It's just such a tall task. Tuesday night for IU, it was, you know, I mean, it was against a, a lot of odds right there. I think you Michigan were right State. when you said uh, Trace just looked pooped. He, he looked did, pooped. He did look tired. Yeah, but look at Ohio State uh, or with Penn State taking on Ohio State. And knocked Ohio State down. sucks really bad. You know it. <laughs> yeah, bad suck. But those even the even the lower bracket, the, yeah. the higher seeds, they're they're still going to put up a game for anybody that's playing them. Denny Smith from WIBC, what you got going on? What are you guys having tomorrow well, for Well, tomorrow it's more of putting up with Pat's uh, baloney. Baloney. Uh, yeah, Pat's always aggressive, but uh, we're just going to be talking. Uh, th- this is sucker bait time. Everybody wants to get into the garden because the weather's been so good. Yeah. Don't take the bait, John. Don't do it. You act really intelligent about home and garden. You say, no, nah, you don't want to plant until the last week of April. Maybe wait till uh, Mother's Day. I've got annuals popping a little wood right well, now. They're kind of excited You, you better mulch them out because they're going to get their little... Should I go out there and cover them up with a bucket? I don't know if a bucket. You got some mulch. Just throw some mulch on them. They, yeah, they're, you know, wa- they're wanting to pop right now. I know daffodils are up. <laughs> hey, man, let me out of here. You know what? What's going on with Indiana? And I keep trying to reach out to Brian Wilkes to say, if we put up with all this through the winter, what's this going to mean for the spring? And, and that's what everybody's worried about. In a home and garden, at least half our calls are, can I get out in the garden? No, not yet. Yeah. What's it going to mean for, for rain and water? The farmers are loving it. Because uh, the ground moisture is really our, I think our weather right now here is more in line with what the weather is or was in, like, Evansville or Louisville. I that, think that's what that's we are close. now. I think yeah. I think in the past decade plus, we've kind of, whatever it is weather-wise, it are keeps you call, moving a little a bit south. Are you calling us Kentuckians? I think we're getting close to Kentucky here. You know, I do. Thank yeah. God we're not. I got I mean, friends. Where I'm originally from is down in Kentucky now. So, <laughs> but no, seriously, I, I just, it's kind of just feels like the weather just keeps pushing. We, right? I tell you what, we dodged a bullet when that big storm, that blizzard of the century for, uh, if, when you say a blizzard in yeah. Minnesota, you're talking about stuff, but right. the UP got, got dumped on. I'm just glad it stayed north. Me too, buddy. Well, anyway, thanks for the invitation. Denny Smith, you. everybody right here from WIBC. That's yeah. Denny. He's got to put up a Nine Pat Sullivan tomorrow. every yeah. Saturday. <laughs> nice haircut, son. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Denny Smith with us here live at the Broad Ripple Tavern, Tavern Tour Stop. It is number two in 2023. Denny, you taking off? It's good to see you, buddy. Thank you very much.
Not bad. Denny Smith is a great dude right there. Quick break, and we'll come back. Another great dude, Bob Lovell, is going to join us on the other side. Tony East to talk Pacers. We'll talk about last night. That disappointment to some, like me, not so disappointing to others, like dorks. Um, we'll get into that coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers in the 5. Tavern Tour Stop, number 2, 2023. February finds us at the Broad Ripple Tavern on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. The f- lady, do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Inside the lounge via YouTube live. Look at everybody here, man. It's great to be back out today. Billy's in the house as well. Broad Ripple Tavern, Tavern Tour Stop. It is number two, 2023 in Broad Ripple. I'd love to see you here. You know what we do with Brent Holverson in the house. The uh, free samples are flowing. Love to see you here. Already a good crowd. We'd love to have more until 6 o'clock is where we are. And then I got to go pick up uh, my son, Blake, at the Ron Colley Fish Fry. Anybody want to go? The Ron Colley Fish Fry. Or I think it's St. Jude Fish Fry. So I've got to get down there a little bit later on, but plenty of time for you to get here and join us. Brian Evans, the former Big Ten Player of the Year, the former NBA or the Hoosier, talked IU and Purdue for the second time this season coming up tomorrow night at 7.30 in West Lafayette. Podcast 107.5, thefan.com. For that, Brent Halverson is hanging around as well. Tommy S. is in the house. I see him lurking over there as well. We've got Tony East, Don Fisher still to come, but on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, he is back at it because it's a big weekend. It's a big weekend for high school basketball. The fellas closing down the regular season and getting set for the sectional play that begins early next week. Meantime, the ladies have their state finals coming up tomorrow, beginning in the morning at 10.30 a.m. in Class A, and then going through 8.15 for 4A tomorrow night at Cambridge Fieldhouse, the IHSAA Girls State Finals, and to talk about that and more. From Indiana Sports Talk, he's our good friend, Bob Lovell. Hello, Bob. How are you? Hey, John. I'm great. How are you? You know what? I find the girls' finals interesting because you've got a lot of names there that you don't often see taking shape onto that floor coming up tomorrow. I think that's a cool thing. It is a cool thing, John. You have five teams making their first appearance. And, uh, you know, you're from a small town. I'm from a small town. So you know just exactly what life is like when your team makes it to the state tournament and um, it's, un- it's unbelievable. It's, uh, it's what I think what separates it in, in many ways, our tournament from others, but it's um, one of those years where you have uh, some really, really great stories and some uh, really, I think, interesting games coming up tomorrow. Yeah, you do. I talked to Jeff Allen at Bedford North Lawrence. That was on Wednesday. Cause his, his story is, is pretty unique, uh, I think. Uh, Eastern Green High School uh, didn't get a lot of offers coming out of high school. Very good player, area player of the year, 79. Goes to Vincennes. Somehow gets 
found out by Ray Meyer, the the then legendary coach at DePaul, mm-hmm. ends up for two years at DePaul when when they were playing at the highest level of college basketball, frankly, back in the the early 80s. And for the last nine years, have been leading this BNL team, you know, with his daughters, a former Miss Basketball and another incredibly high-level player. And to get with this team that, that, Bob, you look across the board of Bedford North Lawrence against Fishers tomorrow night, they, they all kind of look, they play different, but they, they kind of look, they're all the same. It's positionless basketball, if you want to call it that, at its finest tomorrow night. Well, it really is. And it's also tremendously talented basketball. The ladies are on both teams. You have talent everywhere, John. That's why it's such a, it's such a neat game you know, statistically. Uh, there are a lot of comparisons to, uh, but, but it's um, this is the best of the best. And, and to get to this point, I mean, think about this. When when we did the pairing show, um, getting out of that sectional um, that, that Fishers came out of, you had um, you know four of the top ten teams in the state in that sectional, and for uh, them to get in the manner in which they did, you know, Noblesville won it from that sectional last year. Uh, and, and a lot of ladies back from last year's championship team, but to go ahead and put yourself in that position, that should be a, a, a game that wraps up what appear to be some very, very evenly matched matchups tomorrow, John. No, there really are two. And, you know, while I think everybody likes, you know, certainly everybody talks about when a team is consistently there, um, there's no doubt that's great. But I think it's also great when you get a mixture because really in terms of class athletics, that's kind of what it's all about, right? To get that particular level playing field and mixture there. And it seems like this year you got a pretty good one from top to bottom tomorrow. Well, I think uh, the, the thing that class basketball has done is it's given opportunities to other, uh, other cities and other teams and, um, the young ladies and young men opportunities that they might not necessarily have had uh, back when you and I, uh, you know, back in the day, so to speak. And so uh, if that was the intent, I think it was part of the intent. It certainly succeeded by having, as I mentioned, five teams making their first appearance in it. And um, it's a fun day. You know how it goes. I mean, everybody rolling in, everybody's been excited for the entire week before uh, young ladies have been – everybody wants to do everything for them, take them out to dinner, do this, do that. Uh, yeah. And it's clearly, you know, like a, the Lanesville matchup, it's one of those situations. So the last person out of town, turn out the lights because the entire town is going to be up here. Yeah, and that's that's awesome. And it's just being able to play on that floor. You oh, know, that's yeah. not a lot of people get a chance to do that, and that, that makes it even more special. Just think about it. You know, you can remember the last game you played in your illustrious career at uh, yeah. Eastern Green. I, really, I don't, I don't, you know I mean? I don't often recollect that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I often retrieve that from my memory bank, Bob. Full disclosure. But if you, yeah, if, but if you were ending your career playing for a state championship, you would always yeah. remember that day. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, no, I remember no it anyway. So I tell my daughter this all the time, Bob. I just, I want you to create those memories 
because for me, yeah. we didn't win squat, but it was one hell of a time. And I look back on it still as one hell of a time. And I said, listen, you just want to be a part of something because those memories right. are going to be very important to you one of these days. And yes, there is no doubt you raised the bar substantially when you have memories of being able to do what these ladies are trying to do coming up tomorrow. I mean, I, I, I was, as I mentioned before on your show, I, I was fortunate to play uh, on a couple of sectional championship teams at Plainfield. And um, I think back, you know, I ended, I ended my high school career at Hinkle in the regional uh, in, in 67-9. Uh, I was fortunate enough to go ahead and get a chance to play at the collegiate level. But I mean, my high school career, it finished at a place like Hinkle. So I can't imagine what it's like playing for a state championship and, and ending your high school career at the world's greatest basketball arena. Uh, that's, that, that You talk about lifetime memories and making your own story. How much better can it be? Yeah, the IHSAA Girls State Finals, beginning with the Class A matchup, Bethany Christian and Ladesville of Greg Rakestraw. Tomorrow morning at 10.30 a.m. and then culminates with the 4A game. That's at uh, 8.30, 8.15, 8.30 coming up uh, tomorrow night again at uh, Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Bob Lovell's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I didn't want to switch gears. It's the final weekend of the regular season here for the fellas. Um, regular season-wise, give me a couple of things that has stood out to you in this high school basketball season. I think the balance that you have in all four classes, um, uh, you know, maybe Ben Davis has uh, kind of distinguished themselves clearly in in 4A, Um, you know, haven't lost a game. You think about the schedule they play and they haven't haven't lost a game. That's how good they are. I think, you know, 3A Northwood is number one. And, you know, the the predominance um, seems to be uh, in that part of the state, in the northern part of the state. Um, you know, you know, you have great balance, I think, in 2A. And, and single A down in your part of the state, John, uh, you know, board, excuse me, Bloomfield's the number one. Bloomfield, Bar Reef tonight, kind of a harbinger, if you will, of what the tournament might, uh, might look like. And so I think more than anything, I think you have some wide open classes in, in high school basketball. And, and uh, with the exception of Ben Davis, uh, there really hasn't been a team that's just burst upon the scene and dominated either one of the classes. And so I think it, it bodes well for what we, we look forward to when it starts next week. And they'll toss them up and go after them on Tuesday night around the state. Yeah, no doubt about that. It is a great time of year, without a doubt. And also, if you're listening to Sports Talk coming up tomorrow night, I'm sure a great deal on IU and Purdue, that rivalry with edition number mm-hmm. two coming up tomorrow night in West Lafayette. Not bad either. No, I think that's been one of the great stories of the entire basketball season has been uh, both IU and Purdue having such great years. Uh, and I've said it before. I think it's really, really uh, impressive. It's great for basketball in our state when those two teams play well. And then you have you know, the ladies' team uh, down in Bloomington, the women's team, uh, make it, they're going to make a run to win a championship. I think everybody understands they're that good. And so, you know, these are, these are great stories. And high school basketball is uh, tremendously important to us. But it's also important to see those kinds of schools having great success. UNDY going to host the Division II Regional, yeah. it looks like. Uh, they've got a chance to go far uh, in, in the regional. Our NAI uh, schools here in the state, Indiana Wesleyan and Bethel and Marion and those, those schools, we know are going to have representation. And so, 
you know, once again, it's uh, a tremendous year of basketball in our state. Paul Casaro, Bob, is just doing an outstanding job with that team down yeah. there. That is such a spectacular story on Indy Southside. I had a chance to go down and watch him play, uh, you know, in late, um, you know, early early January, and they um, yeah. they were impressive, John, and then for a lot of reasons. One, um, he's got some really talented guys. I mean, a couple of post players, uh, and then he surrounds him with perimeter players who can all knock down shots from three. Uh, they can beat you off the dribble. They can get you to the rim and finish. They're strong. Uh, they've been in the weight room now. They've lived in the weight room. That is a strong and physical basketball team that can make shots, and they will defend you the instant you come out of the locker room. And so um, you're going to have to play awfully, awfully well to beat them. They're, they're legit now. They're really, really good. You know, and I want to give credit where credit is due, and, you know, obviously they're probably losing now a lot more than they're winning, but maybe surprising some folks. But Stan Gerard and what's going on at Southern Indiana and that, that transition to mm-hmm. Division One down in Evansville, that is so awesome to see. One of these days, I'll be honest with you, I hope, and I don't know how long it's going to be or if it ever happens, I hope that UND gets that opportunity. But watching the way that, that Southern Indiana is making that transition to D1 this year has been pretty awesome. It has been. And, and they have just stepped in. Uh, I think they're right at 500 uh, this year yep. playing in the OBC. Uh, Stan is a tremendous coach. You know it. I know it. I mean, he had a great career at USI. It's a tremendous story for, you know, home to, coming back home to, to lead a program that he was instrumental in taking to a national championship when Bruce Pearl was coaching. And so they, uh, they, they have made the move. There's, you know, you hear people talk about UND. And Division One, um, I'm not sure where they are or if they even are in the process, but uh, you hear discussion about it uh, in various circles, and uh, you know it makes sense when you look at what Bellarmine has done, what Southern Indiana has done, uh, all yeah. in the same conference, all very competitive back in the GLBC days, and so uh, I think you're right. It, it would be it'd be very interesting. That is a re- that's a really really big leap, quite frankly. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see if it unfolds. Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk. That's tonight, tomorrow night, Network Indiana affiliated stations across this great state. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Great to have you back. I know we we gave you a little bit of a rest last week because you're on vacation. But as always, it is great to have you back. And you now you're in the beginning stages of what is going to be an incredible run of Saturdays and Fridays for you with Indiana Sports Talk. Great time of year you got. It's a fantastic time of year, uh, John. But it's always, always made better when we spend time with you. Right back at you, buddy. I appreciate it, Bob. Have a great weekend. Thanks, John. Take care. Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk of the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pileline. And a shout out to Denny Smith for stopping by, too. I will call in basically every Saturday morning to the Home and Garden Show. And as you well know, I don't know squat about homing and gardening, but I love talking to, to both Denny Smith 
and to Pat Sullivan and Terry Stacy's most of the time there as well and Allison it's a great time those are the Saturday mornings like tomorrow morning beginning at 9 a.m. with the home and garden show downstairs on 93 WIBC that's where IU and Purdue will be coming up tomorrow night 6.30 a pregame coverage on 93 WIBC tomorrow evening the voice of the Hoosiers Don Fisher's in the 5 o'clock hour what took place last night at Cambridge Fieldhouse a Pacers loss they're now off on a four game road trip that starts tomorrow night in Orlando. What went wrong? What went right? And what do you take away from that loss against the Celtics last night? In overtime, Tony East. Locked on Pacers, Forbes and Moore is going to join us coming up at the top of the hour. This is a Tavern Tour stop. It is number two in 2023. Broad Ripple Tavern is our location. We would love to see you here. Heaven Hill Distillery products being sampled and a fantastic time with the listeners of this show. Broad Ripple Tavern. Tavern tour stop in the month of February going down today in Broad Ripple. Broad Ripple Tavern, 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. I fart in your general direction. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelled of elderberry. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Shout out to Jason Hatfield from Lawrence County, or we like to affectionately call it Larry County. Larry County, rack them up, stack them up, give them hell stars. <laughs> All I know about, and I listen, I love Jeff Allen, and I love watching that BNL Stars girls team play. I'm just talking about in the past. Here's one thing you always knew when your team was going to Bedford North Lawrence that you were going to get just absolutely hosed out of your mind. You just knew that. You knew it. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. And a lot of this stuff this time of year is legend, especially in terms of starting boys sectional play. A lot of this is legend, but some of this is exceptionally true, and Hatfield knows that Larry County, that's the place for a high school game where good calls go to die right there. In terms of basketball, I've seen it before me before, sometimes. All right, Timmy asked me this. Do you have the Gentle Ben lunchbox with Clint Howard, the brother of Ron Howard, on the front of it? That was a late 60s episodic program, television-wise. And I'd, I'd hate to say this, but unfortunately I do. I have both Gentle Ben and Grizzly Adams, if they make a cocaine bear lunchbox, I guess I'll have to buy that too. Gentle Ben, I've got the life and times of Grizzly Adams, and I guess I need cocaine bear. They don't make them. I just get the old school ones, but they don't make them like that any longer. Cocaine bear, which I believe is on wide release now too. Patrick writes this. Have you guys figured out if tater tots would be considered a potato yet? What about potato salad? Is that a potato? No, Tony Katz this morning, Tony Katz this morning was yelling at me about uh, French fries, and he brought up French fries, and obviously, crinkle fries will always be second on the list to tater tots, and tater tots are a French fry. Hey, Tommy, yes, you got a great kitchen downtown. Tater tot, French fry, right? Correct? 
Yeah, I mean, it's deep fried. It's a potato. Damn it, it's a French fry. Thank you very much. We had that argument this morning. Thank you, Patrick, for adding that. Uh, JMV, who is handling your lighting to appreciate your new cut, some adjusting on the fly might be necessary. Uh, uh, Here's the thing, and I love it here. We're actually broadcasting live from a pool table here, and the uh, pool table lamp is right above me. So it might be a little bit of harsh line. I, I can lean back a little bit if you want, but man, the haircut is stout. It looks really good right now. Tavern Tour Stop, it's number two for 2023. We are looking for you. The samples are going out everywhere. The Smiley Bros are in the house, even taking the sampleage up. Brent Holverson is here, our betting analyst from Heaven Hill Distillery, having a great time per usual. When was your birthday this past week? It was uh, last week. It was the 16th. Nice. 16th. I look at Michelle brought you I, I, You know Michelle what? Michelle Kiefer, thank Isn't you. Isn't sweetheart? Mean, all, everybody here at the station, and thank you all. I mean, that, that, that right oh, there, yeah. that makes my, my soul smile, man. That's I what mean, you mean to us. That's some right good there. old Grateful Dead. You know, you see a little steal your face yeah. cake. There's some dancing bear cookies. I mean, you guys know me. I if mean, it had like a bag of weed right in there, too, it would be completely Grateful Dead. John, I, I don't can't think sp- it does, I, does it? I, I, I didn't look hard I can't enough. speak for, I have friends that <laughs> indulge, right? So, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, friends that indulge. I, I, I look hey, at Hey, one of these days, our friend Abdul is going to make it legal, right? Is that what I hear? Did Abdul, is that one of his campaign promises, legalizing weed? Am I allowed to say that? I don't know if I am or not, but I just did, but too bad. I don't know. Maybe that's one of his campaign promises. You know, for, for, for tax purposes, right? There's a lot of tax dollars involved. Like everybody walking that, by here. Everybody here smokes <laughs> weed. I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. You partake. But, however, let's talk about some legal things. And this wonderful, yes. we have some wonderful Evan Williams juice right here that we I'm do, enjoying buddy. right now. You got a little larceny and ginger. Mm-hmm. And anybody that comes out here, please stop in. Let's get a sample for you. We don't have the illegal things. We have the great legal items that will uh, exactly. also make for a great weekend. We right? like to keep it between the lines. Between the lines, right John. Here, between everybody. the lines. There we go. Brent Halverson rejoins. <laughs> I think Nicole here from Broad Ripple Tavern is going to join us here before yep. the end of the 5-2. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers in the 5 o'clock hour. Brian Evans a little bit earlier. you got IU and Purdue, part two, coming up tomorrow from Mackey Arena in West Lafayette, 7.30. That is coming up tomorrow night. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pipeline, locked on Pacers, WTHR.com. Forbes and more. He's also an analytics specialist. I don't even know what that is because I can't add, but I just call him that anyway. It's uh, Tony East covers the Pacers joining us now. Would you consider yourself on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline as an analytics specialist? I don't know. I uh, I am definitely a numbers guy more than most. I don't know about an analytics specialist. What, is, what does it say about me, JMB, if I don't think tater tots are fries? Does that mean I'm not an analytics specialist? Dude, you're kidding me. I might have to hang up on your ass right here for that. There's, do you really not think tater tots are fries? I, I, I don't. They, they just seem like a separate. They have their own name for a reason. Yeah, but they, I mean, they're right there in the fry family. Why do they got to go off on their own? I mean, like curly fries? What the hell are curly fries? They look like bench breaks. Curly fries have fries in the name. Yeah. All right, so what? If I say, what? Tater fries? Tots? Fried tots? That make you feel better about it? See, now I'm all mad, so I don't know if we can do this. (laughs) Now, hey, Tony East joins us. We'll take a poll at JMV1070 on Twitter to find out what people think about tater tots and whether they buy your opinion or mine. 
mine last night was this. And, and Tony, somebody had asked me earlier in the week, so what is your expectation for the final 22 beginning last night? And while I don't have any expectation of this team making any playoff run, and I'm not even thinking about that at all, I, I do, when given the opportunity, want to see them close games. I think that that is an important part of the growth process with this team is being able to close games, especially at home and especially against a really good team like Boston in town last night. I thought that that was a really good test. And, you know, as much as it was enjoyable to watch and obviously Miles, I, I've been so right about Miles, it's not even funny, you know, going for 40 and, and 10 and, and the shooting exhibition he put on last night at Cambridge Fieldhouse. I, I was disappointed in how they handled that final that final possession of regulation where we all knew if they didn't score there, they likely were not going to win that game. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, it was tough right down the stretch of that game. They did so well to bring it back from, I think, 16 was how much they were down in the second quarter. They, they shot the snot out of the ball in the second half. Turner was excellent. And they had a few leads late, and, and I am actually generally more receptive to the strategy that they did of, of not passing very much in those late-game situations because look what happened to the Celtics, right? It was it was tied at 125 all last night's game for the last minute and 40 seconds, but no one scored, and the Celtics had three turnovers on, on bad passes, right? So you don't want to overpass or throw it away. That's how you give the other team chances. That's why the Pacers had the last possession, but at the same time, they didn't do enough on that play, right? That Tyrese dribbled a bunch, and, and he's earned the right to, to be the guy who takes those shots and sets up the isolation, right? He, had the game win- he, he was excellent in the clutch against Boston earlier this season. He hit the game winner against Miami, but, you know, in that moment, they, they didn't do enough you know, diversions. They didn't set any, bring any screens. It just wasn't quite the perfect possession. And Rick Carlisle even said, you know, he's got to do a little bit more to make it easier on Halberton. So I'm okay with them not passing, going in isolation in that instance. But I think they need to do a little more to make it easier on Tyrese on a possession like that. It looked like that, and, and oftentimes it worked. It looked like that there was a, a lot of about Tyrese Halliburton going at Marcus Smart late in that game. And I kind of thought about that in that final position as well. And while we love it, we do. You know, when you just basically need to get to the free throw line to try to, to put away that game or give, you a ch- give yourself a chance to do it, yeah, I, I, something has to be better than what we witnessed in that final possession last night. Yeah, getting to the basket certainly is what, is what most teams try to do, and that's where I think the nitpicking – can come is that they didn't get the ball inside. I don't think they got it inside the three-point line at all on their final possession. The one before that, they got it in a little bit and then reset, and Halliburton had a little bit better of a look on that one that didn't fall. So, uh, again, I'm okay with the isolation strategy, especially with your all-star, but I think that they've got to be more clever, more attack-minded on those possessions because, like you saw, pointers can be tough, especially when the other team knows it's coming, and obviously they didn't go in. So, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll hope to get that one back. They played really good in, in that second half until those moments. And like you said, I think everybody kind of knew Boston had the, the talent advantage to get, get a game like that in overtime when it slowed down. But they had their chances. They, they did play well besides those couple plays. So Tony East joining us talking Pacers via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I don't know if you've looked this up, and I'm assuming it's pretty high up there considering some of the names we've mentioned that rarefied air regarding the game offensively or all the way around, really, that Miles had last night. Where would that type of performance, and I know it was a loss and that takes a great deal of luster off of it, but that type of individual performance rank in Pacers history? 
Oh man, I mean that I I I believe uh, I saw this out there. That was the most efficient forty-point game ever, like in in NBA history. You know, he at eight of ten from deep, he didn't miss a single shot. He took inside the arc. He got to the line, and obviously, when you make eight threes, you're gonna have really good scoring night. That was his career high in three pointers made. But he did all the other stuff, and that's kind of what you know. You said earlier you've been proven right about him, like. That's what he's done this year that has made him evolve. He's always been at least a pretty good shooter, but this year he's mixed in more stuff inside the arc. The Celtics would switch a small onto him. He would score. He would get to the foul line, right? He would hit a little mid-range shot if he needed to do it. Like, he did every single thing well on offense in that game, and it was funny. After the game, we were talking to some of the Celtics players, and Jalen Brown said, you know, yeah, we, we at first we kind of wanted him to, to shoot those threes. That was kind of part of our game plan is we'll live with that and stop other stuff. But Miles just kept punishing them, and they never adjusted. They thought it would work out, but credit to Miles Turner, who's gotten so much better at, at so many things this year. He just kept punishing them, and then when they finally did adjust to run him off the line, he punished him inside. It was one. It was easily the most efficient forty-point Pacers game ever, and one of the most in league history. It was a very impressive scoring night. Tony East is with us. So last year, we know what happened with the foot injury which uh, robbed him of, of a lot of the season. Do you put him in the category or the debate of comeback player of the year, given his numbers and what he has done to this point? Uh, he, yeah, he played over half the year last year. I don't know what does and doesn't count in okay. those moments. But, if you know, if, uh, if, if such a thing existed in the NBA, he would certainly be in the mix, not only because of that uh, or because of the injury last year, because he's gotten, like, way better than he was before the injury, right? Like, that has to add another layer to the mix in that regard as well. I'm trying to think of other players around the league who would be you know, in this, in a mix for something like that uh, this year. But yeah, I certainly think Turner would be one of the, the leaders in the clubhouse, not only because he you know returned and is fantastic, but because he's been better than he was any other season of his career. Yeah. I, I, I probably should have, before I asked you that had somebody in mind, I don't know of anybody off the top of my head that would, would come to mind, but he's I think in terms of points, in terms of points, he's up around, you know, six plus, five plus compared to a year ago, uh, at least uh, a couple of rebounds, I think, plus compared to a year ago, average wise. I'm, I'm assuming that probably would, would factor in. Yeah, certainly would. Uh, yeah, T.J. Warren, another pacer, having his uh, comeback player of the year campaign. There's another one out in Brooklyn. He's been good for the Nets, although he's with the Suns now, so we'll see what he ends up being in Phoenix. But, yeah, certainly, I mean, career high in points and rebounding and shooting at the rim and shooting from three and still playing the same fantastic Miles Turner's defense that we've seen for years and years. Yeah, the NBA doesn't do comeback player of the year, which I think that would be a cool award for them to add. They added clutch player of the year. Do they not do comeback? What do they call it, then? Do they not have anything? I thought they had comeback player of the year. I think they used to, but they don't anymore. But they added the the clutch player of the year this year, which I think what? is super strange. Yeah. Huh? I don't. Know. I thought they had comeback player of the year. Well, I'm just going to have to make this damn award up myself then. <laughs> give him comeback player of the year. If it's going to be up to me. <laughs> I thought. When did that go away? I thought it was here. I, I do not know. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. Because they, they don't do Offensive Player of the Year either. They just do Defensive Player of the Year. Their awards are, are very strange, I think. Huh. Well, that's no fun. We've got to give some <laughs> awards out here. So, Tony East on, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline as well. Jalen Smith. All right. 
Correct me if I'm wrong on this, but when Tyrus Halliburton went down, they were, what, four games, five games above 500 at that moment. And they, they have circled the drain since then. It, it kind of seemed like when he went down, that also coincided with the uh, frozen on the bench lack of participation from Jalen Smith. First, is that accurate? And second, why has he basically been in Antarctica for the better part of the last two months here? <laughs> Yeah, that's close to coinciding. It was a little before that. I think you know, he has only played over 10 minutes in a game you know, a few times in 2023, like the calendar year. And one of those was uh, that game Halbert got hurt. I think he started in, in New York that night. But, you know, it's tough when so much of how the Pacers have played is they play small. And, you know, for better or worse, that has helped them a lot of the time. It's also caused some of their weaknesses in terms of rebounding and, you know, matching up on D and things like that. But when they went small, that, that, that limited their center rotation already to, you know, Miles Turner and Isaiah Jackson, and they played O'Shea Brissett at the four. And not long after as well, the other factor was Daniel Tice returned from his injury, right? So then they had an even more crowded front court, and Carlisle was already playing, you know, Jackson one game and then Smith the other, and they were alternating. Now he just plays Tice more often than, than either young big. So, at the same time that he was alternating games for the backup bigs, uh, another one came into the mix, and they also got Jordan Wara from the Bucks at the trade deadline. He's been playing the four, so there's less opportunities for Isaiah Jackson to get in at the four. So there's just a lot of front court guys all of a sudden, and uh, Jalen Smith has been the loser of that exchange where Carlisle kind of turned more to the vets, to the guys that have been around and done that before more often. And uh, Jalen Smith's been a loser of that. He hasn't played much. He didn't do really well against Chicago. Well, late last week, Carlisle gave him a lot of credit for his fourth quarter performance for the All-Star break. But, you know, as other bigs got healthy and um, as other guys came in the door, they're just the minutes haven't been there. And, and it's, it's hard to say who shouldn't play so he can get out there. Because Isaiah Jackson's not playing either. Yeah, and I, and I was going to get to that in a second. I was just kind of curious – just besides the adjusting with the smaller lineup, which more times than not takes a defensive beating and certainly a beating on the board, I kind of wonder what he had done to end up being in, in Siberia as he is right now. Yeah, he started off the year starting at the four. I think they figured out pretty quick that that fit wasn't right, and that's what made them start to change their starting five. But he was the backup five for a long time, and that was working to some level of success. But, uh, you know, it, it's just as they've kind of toggled between figuring out what they have with him and Isaiah Jackson, Isaiah Jackson's just show, shown a little more this year. Uh, so they've, they've turned to him more often when they do play one of the young bigs, and that's kind of made Smith fall out of the rotation uh, at times. And, you know, it, it seems like, you know, he is a really good rebounder. That's probably his best skill at this stage of his NBA career that uh, they could find some minutes for him given that they've struggled in that way. But, it's tough. They have a log jam at basically every single position on the team right now. Uh, and Smith's been a big loser of that between the team going small and the number of bigs they have. And I don't know what it would take for him to, to get out there more, maybe a pivot to more just youth in general, right? Not playing Daniel Tice as much seems like the way that they could play him and Jackson again, if they go back to alternating those young guys, because neither of them playing right now uh, does seem a little strange. Yeah. And the Isaiah Jackson thing seems incredibly strange. It does. And, Daniel Tice, if this were a team that were in it right now, I bet other teams kind of look around and go, I wish we had this guy off the bench for a couple of moments a game right now. I guess they could have had him maybe, but it just seems kind of odd that now he's eating up all those minutes off the bench and then, you know, Isaiah Jackson doesn't get off off the bench last night. 
And Tice is certainly a good player, right? He is, without a doubt, yeah. the best screen, screener on this team and for a team that runs a lot of pick and rolls and, you know, plays really fast. Like, that is that is valuable. It helps McConnell. It helps Halliburton, right? It, it's, it, you know, having bets out there is good, even for a young team. But if, if it also gets in the way of your development, you know, at what point do you make a decision about what's more important in terms of deciding who does and doesn't play? So, yeah, I think Tice is helpful for them. And, and the way they're able to play, but at the same time, it comes at the expense of those young centers that they have right now. So Tony East joining us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pipeline. What are you expecting? I mentioned what I expect for the rest of the year, you know, at the top of the list, and obviously they didn't cash in on that last night. What is it that you expect for the remainder of the season, the final 21 games for the Spacer team? Yeah, sort of similar to a game like that, and, you know, they are not a moral victories team. They made that very clear, but I think they're going to play as hard as they can and go for as many wins as they can with the guys that they're playing. You know, the plan is is within reach in theory. It's not three. I think they're three, three and a half games out of it. They'd have to play pretty well down the stretch to make it. But at the same time, they do have a pretty easy schedule. They've got, you know, eight, nine, ten very winnable games of their final 21. So they pull off, you know, three, four upsets. All of a sudden they could go on a nice little run in this last month and a half and they played pretty well last night you know they had a really good defensive fourth quarter but they, they had a fantastic offensive third quarter like the blueprint was there for them to play well down the stretch of this season so I think they'll just continue to go for it and play out the same cards that they have it you know it's not like they can really they could lean a little bit more into development I think and get minutes for some of their younger guys that they have we talked about those with the bigs too and there's a few others that could sneak in there. But other than that, it seems like the they're already winning while playing most of their young core already. So I think they'll just keep rolling out the team they have and doing their best because, you know, the, the, the plan is within reach. Getting that playoff experience could be really helpful for you – know, they have a lot of guys who have never played in a postseason game on this team before. That could be very helpful for a lot of these guys. Uh, I think that that matters quite a bit. You know, they talked about the playoff atmosphere of a lot of games, including last night. But – They'll have to figure out the right balance, right? Because development is super important for this team as well, and there's nothing quite like game reps for young players. Did, did you like that back and forth with Halliburton and Smart last night? <laughs> I did. I love when games get like that. You know, that, that game was as good as it gets in the NBA these days, right, where every possession is so important, and it was a close game for the final, what, 15 minutes or so, and it was just that, that added to it the fact that, those two guys were getting chippy and just going at each other, right? They It became a not a one-on-one-esque situation, but they clearly wanted to score on each other. That's what made Smart end up getting a tech after he, you know, flexed after scoring on Halberd. But they both handled it well. I don't think there was any anything that will last into future games. They, you know, they dapped up after the game on the court. But, yeah, that, I always love when those moments add to an already physical and chippy game. Then we kind of see last night, and it was his, his final foul. He fouled out and got a technical uh, the rookie, Benedict Matherin, last night in the fourth quarter. Did we see last night that quick trigger on the technical because maybe these guys are kind of tired of his chirping at this point? Uh, I'm not sure what led to the tech. We didn't. I didn't talk to him after the game. He, you know, he was playing really well. I think that was one of his best two-way games right. of the season. So I think he was really frustrated to have fouled out. You know, they were turning to him quite a bit down the stretch and in overtime. Uh, him and Duarte actually got a lot of extra leash. Yeah, he just banged in a three literally the play before and then got that foul and chirped about it. And it seemed like a really quick whistle to give him that tech, which uh, to me kind of felt like that maybe some of these guys are a little tired of hearing from him. Uh, And and Ed Malloy tech if I've ever seen one, right? But um, 
you know, uh, well, yeah, they, they don't even get me started on Ed Grimley here because I, I can go for days on that. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Neesmith with the foul and the whole leg theatrics, that's exactly what happened with Boston. Maybe it wasn't as spread out, but the leg theatrics are going on there. And I don't even get me started with the best in the world because they drive me nuts. <laughs> One of the greatest calls in NBA history in Minnesota with the Doe Ed Malloy on uh, Kevin Love's foul three a few years ago. But, yeah, you know, I think it was a lot of frustration for him there. But maybe that is something like it. You know, he is, he is, uh, I don't know what the perfect word is, bickering. I don't know. Uh, after contact a lot, Mandarin is. And you know, he, he was getting calls more earlier in the season than he is now. I get why he's frustrated. And, you know, Tyrese Halpern said he even – was doing that in practice during training camp at times. So uh, I think it's just kind of how he is. He feels like he, he gets contact that affects his shot a lot, and maybe it did lead to that tech at the end of the game. But that, that was crucial for the Pacers, right? That point could have been pretty helpful for them yeah. in overtime. No, there's, there's, there's no doubt about that, too. I, it just uh, That's the way frustration is certainly a, a, a good way to put it. And it kind of seems like when we remember Sabonis being here, it got to a point where he got so sick and tired of it and chirped after every call or non-call that you could tell that the officials got tired of it too. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely did as well. I think a, a lot of Euro guys actually are kind of notorious for that. Like Luca's obviously the, the yeah. poster guy for it in the league right now. And, you know, there, is a, there can be a purpose to it if you're good at it. Like Tyrese Halliburton, his, his dad was a ref when he was growing up, so he said that he learned how to – you know, schmooze with the refs during games last season at some point. I think there is a game to it if you do it at the right times and not too often. But if you overdo it, you know, it's almost too much. Uh, and it works against you at a point, right? So there is a balance to it. He's Tony East. I don't know if he's uh, an analytics specialist, but he likes numbers a great deal. From <laughs> Forbes, WTHR.com, Locked On Paces and more. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pipeline. Have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy the Pacers in Orlando. Four consecutive on the road for the Pacers, and this team won't be back. I don't think at uh, Gamebridge Fieldhouse until what? Next a week from Sunday? Is that true? Yeah, March 6th, I think, against Philly. It's a, it's a ways away. Yeah, so it's uh, it's definitely going to be a while. Hey, Tony, I appreciate you. Thank you, buddy. Yep, thank you, JMB. Take care. Tony East on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pipeline. You hear him here. Everybody's excited because it's a tavern tour stop. Broad Ripple Tavern. We're in Broad Ripple today. Brent Halverson, betting analyst, Heaven Hill Distillery, is here with me as well. Great crowd so far. We got to grow. We got to get bigger. It's got to get larger. Hey, not We've a better place. Turn this out, as they say. Not a better place to come out to than the Broad Ripple Tavern, a staple in Broad Ripple, right down off the strip. I mean, again, hey, we were at the Alley Cat last month. Great turnout, great turnout today. We got room. It's a bigger spot, so we got some room still. Yes. So come on in. Let's we get do. some samples it is, flowing. John. It is huge. How long has this place been here? You know, uh, Nicole is going to join us oh, here in a minute. She's going to give us a little background of, of, of how it all comes together here at the BRT. And uh, again, with Jacqueline, Nikki, Nicole, the staff is awesome. You got Mark Saprody rolling in hot right there. We got we got all kinds of good people floating around here today. Uh, come out and join us. We've got another uh, hour and a half here, John. Yes, a fun time. we do. It's Brent Alverson right there. We'll take a break and come back inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Thank you guys, as always, for joining us there. If you're a first-timer or if you've not been inside the lounge, this is how it works. It's on YouTube Live, the Ride with JMV. You can jump in there. You can listen to the show. You can watch the show, and you can participate. And the fun of it is... 
I also participate, and, and everybody will tell you in there, I spell nearly everything wrong, and it gets pretty funny at times. So you can get inside the lounge via YouTube Live, another way that you can listen and then be a part of the show as well. The stream, the app, you got us on HD Radio 2. Don Fisher's going to join us coming up at the top of the hour. It's IU Purdue coming up tomorrow night at Macarena in West Lafayette at 7.30. And as Brent mentioned, Nicole here from Broad Ripple Tavern is going to join us coming up on the other side, too. And your calls at 239-1070 if you so desire. A lot going on, including Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network suggesting that if the Colts don't jump up and get the number one pick from the Bears, it could be some restless nights sleeping for Chris Ballard moving forward. That story and more are coming up on the other side. Live from the Broad Ripple Tavern, Tavern Tour Stop number two, 2023 on this Friday with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Now you listen here. He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. Now go away. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. You know, it's funny. We're back at Broad Ripple Tavern on a tavern tour stop, and our engineer is Devin. I went a month calling him Gavin. (laughs) (laughs) I'm such a crank. My bad, man. (laughs) James back at the studio. We got to go a little extra time after six tonight because of the uh, last word. I guess the Gorman and Matt Taylor don't go the full meal deal. So we'll give it about six minutes coming up after six o'clock for you as well. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers coming up in the five o'clock hour. I mentioned the uh, tavern tour stop number two for 2023 at the Broad Ripple Tavern. Brent Halverson, our betting analyst, is here from Heaven Hill Distillery. This is, especially if you're watching via YouTube Live right now inside the lounge, Nicole is here. Hello, Nicole. Hi, how are you? Have you been on radio before? Look at everybody cheer you. I don't get cheers like that. (laughs) Right. Dang. I've been on the radio before uh, during an internship, but this Have is my real, first doing time. Doing an internship, yeah. Huh? yeah. Um, and then, but this is my first time for Broderpool Tavern. So, nice, very nice. So, yeah. thanks for having us out here today. Absolutely, our pleasure. How are things going here at the Broderpool? You know Tavern? what? We have. I just want to take. Give one shout out. Our regulars have been amazing, um, especially through, you know, before before COVID, after COVID, um, the amount of people that have supported us um, along the way have been amazing. So I cannot uh, thank them enough. So that's yeah. great. Yep. There's no doubt. Is uh, Joe Smith back here? Right uh, here he might have left, but. I saw him come by here a little bit earlier, so. <laughs> Telling her where, the, oh, where yeah, to put the food. <laughs> All right, I got you right there. I got you. Go ahead, bro. I tell you, and Nicole, it's awesome to have you on here. Yeah, thank you. Nikki, I mean, everybody here is awesome. I mean, it's great to, to be here. This is our second stop, John, like you said, for the Tavern Tour of 23. Yep. And not a better spot than the Broderpool Tavern. I mean, again, you guys have a lot of great things. You know, we were talking earlier. How long has Broderpool Tavern been open? Um, so, Broderpool Tavern has been open for for over 20 years. Um, before this, 
Uh, yeah, since 2002, um, we've been the Broad Ripple Tavern. Before that, it was Mickey Quinn's, and before that, it was Henry Grunton's. So this spot has been... Who, what? Mickey who and Mickey, Henry what? <laughs> Mickey Quinn's <laughs> and Henry Grunton's. So it's always been a bar, for sure. Um, but ever since Rick Lux took over in, tw- in 2002, you know, this place has been the spot for sports, the spot for games, and the spot for good drinks and good food. So. Absolutely. And you stole the thunder, so our good friend Jim Romanak was, was wanting to know Romy. if you would get the Henry Grunton's. Uh, before or after or during or whatever the VRT era, but uh, you nailed it right there, so yes. it's outstanding. So 20 years, I mean, it's 21 years, right? Yeah. Coming up. Outstanding, and, and again, like you mentioned, a great place to watch sports. The TVs you got, the pool tables you got, the games you have. Yeah. We've had a lot of good times in here, and yes, uh, again, appreciate you having us here for the Tavern Tour. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Now, you see Romy in here all the time? Oh, I love to see both Romanax here on. I love that. It's a double pleasure right there. You get a little Jim and Mike yes. Romanax together. Um, Jim and uh, Sarah, yes. they send me food. I do a, a an all-request music show every Saturday night on B105.7, and they send food to me because I can't get out. And then a couple of weeks ago, they sent food to me. And uh, some dude that had been camping out in front of our building, <laughs> I walked down there to get it, and he was already eating it. <laughs> There's probably some good uh, crab legs. Probably, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, he probably and definitely enjoyed that dinner. Yeah. Even though uh, he, already, he already was eating it, but no, Romy and Sarah are the absolute yeah. best. They're uh, yes, they are. And they're the best dog watchers in, on the north side. Oh, really? Are they? Oh, Ooh, that's yes. good to know. That hey, Jim, good. by the way, I've got uh, March 12th through the 17th <laughs> if you're open. Let me. Uh, so, <laughs> about dog people here? Is that where we got? Yeah. How many dogs do we got? Here? I just have one great Dane, but she surely does love Jim Romanak. Oh, she wow. loves him. So. Stuff not to. Wow. I agree. Stuff no, everybody loves absolutely, Jim right absolutely. There. IU Purdue coming up tomorrow night here, yes. right, Nicole? All the televisions will be on that uh, starting at 7:30, probably even before that. So definitely, we want everybody to come in early, uh, grab a table. It does fill up pretty quickly. So um, if you're out and about, please stop by. I will be here. I will be bartending. I will be serving. I will be doing all of the things. So and not a better person to do that. I mean, you're <laughs> outstanding with a smile all the yes, time, which I love you, seeing. Thank you. And then we got uh, March 16th is going to oh, kick yes, off or tip Mar- off a really good week with uh, March Madness. We got you guys March have Madness. We have St. Patrick's Day on Friday. It's going to be amazing. We um, open up on Thursday at 11 a.m., which is different than our normal time um, on Thursday. But we'll be open right at 11 a.m. for everybody to come in. We have pizza, new pizzas on the menu. Our chicken fingers are to die for in Broad Ripple. Uh, tenderloins, burgers, you name it. Um, we're here for all day um, and all night long. So well, we, we still have, have an extra yeah. hour and some change here left, hour and 15 minutes to come on out and right. get some samples. Yes. We got yep. Jacqueline behind the bar. Nicole's taking care yeah. of us. Nikki's floating around with a big smile on her face. Yep. Again, not a better staff, and uh, we, we can't thank you enough for yes. having us in thank here. Thank you so much for having me. I so the chicken you. fingers are the go-to here? Yes, chicken fingers. All right. This Might is have to Nicole. get some for the way. Right? Get some for the way home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, shotgun <laughs> right there. I love hey, it. Hey, everybody inside the lounge via YouTube Live, you can see right now, waving Nicole. Nicole, thank you very much. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much for having thank me. Thank you. The love awesome it. Nicole right there with us. Tavern Tour Stop number two in February here at the Broad Ripple Tavern, brought to you by Heaven Hill Distillery and... Uh, that is the way that it is right there. What a great spot, Brent. That absolutely is. And, you know, John, we've got to, we'll, we'll release our March Tavern Tour stop towards the end of the show. We'll kind of 
hang on for a little bit before we release that. But, uh, you know, a lot of good stuff coming up. And, and, and I love this tour we started last year, John. We get to get out in a lot of these great places. Again, this is 21 years in the making, right? I mean, it's been here. It's tried and true. We've been to a lot of places. We were at the uh, Working Man's Friend. It was over 100 years, yes, right? So we right. find these places in between. And what better place? I mean, again, to come out out, get a great place to come out and have some cocktails, have some great food. And what better than being surrounded by great friends, right? I don't know how to put this, but the YouTube livers right now want Nicole back and want us to leave. <laughs> Even after that haircut? You look yeah, good, I mean, man. look at this. Come on. Wow. They think the lighting is too harsh on me. And I look more powdery. I think you're glowing to me right now. Than you're glowing right now. Right? I see this beam of, of sunshine coming off of you. Right I now. do look very powdery right now. <laughs> I think that's what's happening right there. But they want Nicole back. All right. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Brent Halverson, betting analyst. You got a line? You got a number yet on IU and Purdue? You we do. It's eight with? and a half. Purdue is laying eight and a half Whoa. in West Lafayette. It's a big number. However, I mean, again, you look at that switch of playing that the uh, oh, where, wherever you're at home, right? Yeah. I, mean, I, I would. I, I, to me, uh, we'll, we'll tell you what. We'll save that coming yep. up on the other side. Let's IU Purdue for all you betters out there. We got that news for you coming up on the other side. And what Daniel Jeremiah. The draft analyst had to say about what the Colts should do regarding getting a quarterback coming up in the spring NFL draft. That and more coming up on the other side. Broad Ripple Tavern, Tavern Tour stop in February 2023. And this is 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. No, this isn't an argument. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. It's just contradiction. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. It is not. It is. <laughs> you just contradicted me. No, I didn't. Oh, you did. No, 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 no. You no, no, nonsense. Oh, look, this is futile. No, it isn't. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right. I know inside the lounge via YouTube Live right now, you guys want Nicole back. But Nicole's <laughs> busy right now. Nicole can't come back and sit in front of the camera and look a hell of a lot better than us right here. So it just can't happen. But we thank Nicole for having us. Broad Ripple Tavern. Tavern tour stop in the month of February for 2023. I'm JMV. Brent Halverson, our betting analyst from Heaven Hill Distillery, is here as well. Outstanding time tonight it is. Absolutely. And, again, we talk about a great place to be in Broad Ripple Tavern. There's, there's This is one of the best right here. So great place to come out watch Look at sports. the hat. The music Mac is rocking. Oh, he's looking great. That's an ass. Look at the shirt. Look at the right shirt, there. though. Oh, I little know. Little Evan Williams Pete's. I love Mac. appeal there. I love it. Mac looks so cool. Drink a right peach there, right man. there. Yeah, I love it, Mac. <laughs> All right. In just a second, I want to get to IU Purdue Absolutely. on the line. Yep. Coming up tomorrow night and that news regarding the Colts and Daniel Jeremiah from a little bit earlier. But 239-1070 is the number. Let's go with uh, Jay today. Jay, thanks for joining the show. How are are you? Hey, Jam V. I'm just uh, want to comment about that game last night. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, it, it's a prime example, man, of why Rick, Rick Carlisle shouldn't be coached, man. No. I mean, he had, a, a, a you know, ample chances, man, to win that game in, in, in the crutch time. And then you could see on Miles Turner and um, Tyrese Halliburton's face, man, at the end of the game, after the game was over that they, they tired of losing. They, they tired. And when them players get tired, man, they get tired of playing. Hey, Jay, they, I tell people this all the time. They want to win. They don't care anything about 
what some of these dorks out here are talking about draft capital and assets and all that. They, they're out there to win. And I will say this, Miles having one of the best offensive nights in the history of this franchise and gets little to no sniff at the end of regulation and then into overtime, that uh, was problematic for me as well. Oh, yes. It wasn't no, that last possession and, and regulation. No movement, yeah. no nothing, man. I mean, it was just, it was just a, it was a, it was a shot, man. It was an ill-advised shot. Let's, let's face it. You know, so no good shot, man. You could just see it on their face that they tired of losing. So I don't care what nobody said. Rick Carlisle should be on the clock. You know, he should be. Yeah, well, and and he well, and thank you, Jay, for the call. Have a great weekend. He is not going to be on the clock right now, but I, that's exactly what I was looking for. Was the way that these guys handled in-game closing type situations, and it was just ironic. I talked about that all week, leading up to after the All-Star break and the restart of the season for the Pacers, and we had a great example of that last night. That's not what I want to see. I'm not out there for them to be entertaining and then crap the bed and lose the game like that. I'm out there to see them grow as a closing team. I'm not suggesting at all making the playoffs, trying to make the playoffs, any of that. I understand where you're coming from as far as draft possibilities and what they need or concerned. But in the moment last night, much like the players wanted to, you want to see them go out and execute to a level in which they win that game. And that final possession in regulation last night was, regardless of what was going down and what they were looking for, was incredibly disappointing. It was. Tony's up next at 239-1070. Tony, hello. Hey, JMV, how you doing? Great, Tony, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to call in a quick tribute. Uh, you guys are at Broderful Tavern. My uncle is Mickey Quinn, who uh, used to own that place when it was Mickey Quinn. So uh, he passed away one year ago today. And uh, wow, wow. a little tribute to him and uh, have folks raise a toast to him there today. We will. We'll do that right now Absolutely. as everybody can see us, Tony. Mickey Quinn. How how long was it Mickey Quinn's here in Broad Ripple? Oh, boy. I don't know. The lady you spoke to earlier probably had the best answer to that. But All right. Well, we're raising our glass to the great Mickey Quinn right here, Tony. Cheers to that. Cheers yes. to Mickey Quinn. That is outstanding. You know how long right is there. Mickey Quinn's? We're we're asking Nicole right now how long that was Mickey Quinn's. How long was it Mickey Quinn's? Do you know? I I'll be honest with you, Tony. I and I found myself up here all the time, and um, I, I probably relieved myself in a, a couple of different sinks back up here in the nineties. Um, I don't I I don't remember um, I don't remember it being Mickey Quinn's then. But that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Was, especially in, back in the probably uh, probably eighties time frame uh, when Charlie and Barney's was right there. You remember that? Oh, Charlie and Barney's was here too? Or close? Right no? Next door. I, right I, next door. I, um, here's, here's the thing. I didn't really get up here 
Because I, I didn't. I shouldn't be saying this, but I've already said enough. I guess we're okay. What are you going to say now? I didn't try to use my fake up in here. Because <laughs> 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 in, in Bloomington, I could get away with it at hooligans. Um, I didn't want to be sprawled up against the wall up in here, so I was a little apprehensive about that. So I didn't. I didn't actually Tony get up here until 1991 to get in here. Got it. Got it. Well, hey, so that's awesome. And a great uh, tribute. Yeah. Go ahead, Tony. Talk to you soon. You got it, Tony. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Great tribute, though. I mean, the day, you know, a year ago today, so that worked out well. 1984 to 1994. 1984 to 1994. I had to see it, though. I don't think I'm. That's awesome. I don't think I relieved myself in their sink here. (laughs) That's good, John. That's good. (laughs) But I will tell you, I mean, again, what a better thing to hear something like that on on the one-year anniversary of the passing. I'm sorry to hear that. But, again, let's relive that memory. It all started here. And, again, BRT has been here for 21 years, and they've really kind of captivated. They they, they knocked this wall out back uh, when Rick Luck bought the place. You know, so we're talking 21 years ago and created this whole back room that we're in right here now. So awesome place. Awesome place to come out and watch some sports. Great food, great cocktails, and not a better staff. And all the people that are here, unreal. This is good stuff, John. Imagine if my mom is listening to this show and finds out all that she didn't know about my existence. Well, let's think about this. I think she probably knows legitimately about 15%. (laughs) Hey, we'll leave it at that, right? Because all the time she always says to Blake, she goes, you know, your dad was such a great boy. I never had to worry about him at all. Look at that. You you did well, man. (laughs) I'm telling you. I I was incredible when I Now you come in looking like a ray of sunshine with a beautiful cut. You're looking good. You're feeling good. Hey, things are great, man. So Brent Alverson Tavern Tour Stop is in Broad Ripple at the Broad Ripple Tavern. Looking for you with the free samples that are flowing from Heaven Hill Distillery. The great food and more to come. We've got our betting lines for the game tomorrow night with IU and Purdue. We've got the voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, also coming up. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Well, you're going to have to say that. You're going to have to speak up because I can't hear you. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. We are back at the Broad Ripple Tavern, Tavern Tour Stop number two. Hey, a shout-out to Susie Lawrence, who's celebrating a birthday. Happy birthday, Susie, one of our great callers. Every Saturday night, the JMV Takeover, we'd play a song like this, Def Leppard, Hysteria. Larceny Bourbon Double Shot Power would be followed by Animal right there. Tomorrow night, 6 until midnight on B105.7. I've got some issues tomorrow night. Because while I'm on, I am going to be absolutely swamped, overwhelmed by part two of just a great rivalry that has been rekindled with the level of play from both IU and Purdue tomorrow night, 730. That is your tip time from West Lafayette. 630 coverage begins downstairs. If I were upstairs from downstairs, downtown on the circle right now at WIBC, that's 93 WIBC tomorrow evening. And the voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, is going to join us. I feel bad about this, Don, but there's not going to be five people listening to my ass tomorrow night. You know what I mean? I mean, really. (laughs) Why why would you feel bad about it, John? Well, because I just, you know. 
that's just a bad combination right there. I mean, you, you're going to have you're going to have all the listeners tomorrow night. I'm going to have me. So. Well, I'm sure that there'll be somebody that doesn't give a rip about the Indiana Purdue game that'll be listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to find that person right now because obviously, with that first game in mind, I talked to Matt on Wednesday and you know obviously going over some of the things the shortcomings that led to that loss for Purdue back in January and and Don we'll start right there the free throw shooting the turnover so uncharacteristic of this Boilermaker team this season as a whole really did show up in that first half and that that truly is the way you look at it that's where that Purdue team lost the game back in January there's no question about it. Uh, the shocker, I, I, really, the biggest shock to me was the fact that they just couldn't make their free throws. I mean, it was crazy. And um, it, the, the turnovers certainly were a factor as well. But Indiana has more than their share of those, as we know. So um, turnovers sometimes can equal itself out a little bit. But the, the, the free throw shooting, which has been a, uh, you know, a major part of what Purdue's have been able to do this year, they shoot it really well from the line. And that was just an aberration in that particular ball game, no question about it. But it was a factor. I think Indiana's defense played a little part in the ball game as well. Yeah, they did too. And that's what everybody started to really get excited about. And I do want to double back on to Tuesday. I, I mean, all in all, you were up there. That was going to be just an incredibly tough environment to deal with. And as it turned out, it was. Uh, you lose us to Michigan State and East Lansing Tuesday night. But I'm kind of curious. I, I thought that some of the IU guys showed some wear, meaning that they were tired. And I thought one of those guys that looked tired over different points of the game was Trace Jackson Davis. Did you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they are a little bit tired at this point in the season, but so is everybody else. That, that's the whole thing. I mean, more than seven or eight guys. Um, and Indiana's pretty much in that ballpark these days, too. They throw in a guy here and there for a couple of minutes, but it, it rarely gets a, enough minutes that you could say that they didn't play more than seven, that they did play more than seven or eight. And at this point in the season, I think everybody gets a little tired and their week off, so to speak, in the season way back when, way back in, Jan, in, in December and January, they had a 13 day. Uh, differential in the number uh, before they played a second ball or a first ball game of the Big Ten uh, season in January. So, team days to time, in my opinion, because they've been playing with either two days rest or three days rest max ever since then. And I think it does get to you after a while. Well, and that's why I bring this up. And Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. When I was talking to Matt on Wednesday, he, he talked about how the break that they're having right now, which for the better part of a week, they played Sunday and won at home against Ohio State, is what they get leading into this game coming up tomorrow night. And, boy, you look at that right now, this time of year, that looks hugely beneficial. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and uh, there is no question about that. And I, I, I'm, I'm concerned about it a little bit. But, you know, more than anything, I'm concerned about Indiana playing on the road these days. They're just not playing the same level of, of confidence, focus, toughness, uh, all those kinds of things. They're simply not doing that consistently through a ball game at this point in the season. And that's what concerns me most, especially when you're on the road. 
And that was certainly a factor against Michigan State. They started out like a house of fire, got a nine-point lead in the first five minutes of the ball game. Uh, kind of let it slip a little bit, but it, they still had it within five to seven or eight points uh, throughout most of the first half until about the six-minute mark. And now all of a sudden the roof caved in. They just couldn't guard the three-point line. Tyson Walker knocks in a three, and the next thing you know, he's had three in a row, and they're right back in front in the contest. And then, of course, they take a six-point lead to the locker room, and they never relinquish that momentum in the second half. And, and you know, emotion certainly plays a part of that. But there's no question that Indiana didn't play its best basketball in that second half. And I don't want to say that they gave up the ship, but they certainly played Indiana a bit differently than they did the first time. And Trace wasn't nearly as effective as he has been. Uh, He had had 19 and 7, you know, 19 points, 7 rebounds uh, in the ballgame. And normally you'd say that's a pretty good night. It wouldn't be a great night, but we would say it was a doggone good one. And, uh, you know, nobody looks at it that way these days because he's been having these 25 and, and 15 ball games or 25 and 12, that kind of a performance uh, throughout the last nine, 10 ball games of the season. So, you know, I, I'm not I, I am concerned about the fact that, that they might be a little bit tired at this point, but they've had an extra day this week to get ready for this ball game. So they've really had three days of prep time. Uh, I like this basketball team and I like their grit and they found a way to be resilient after losses. And so hopefully that takes place in this ballgame against uh, Purdue tomorrow night. It's a Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, joins us. You know, going back to Tuesday, too, you mentioned that nine-point lead they had in the first half. And, you know, Walker shot them in it and really kept them in it in that first half because nobody else was really doing anything offensively for Michigan State. But you look back at IU, they had, I think, three different chances back to back to back Don to go into double figures with a lead and I think all three times may have turned the ball over. I kind of look back at that in the first half and this may have all have happened anyway, especially in the second half, but in that first half when they had the opportunity to stretch it they kind of didn't give themselves that chance because they turned the basketball over which as you mentioned when that happens on the road you really hose yourself big time not only at Michigan State but you will tomorrow night if you do that in West Lafayette yeah that's exactly right and and the other aspect of that is that that's the one team Michigan State's a team that absolutely loves to get a turnover and then just take it down the floor in a hurry and uh, they, they are a really good fast-breaking team. They didn't have a ton of points in this ballgame from a fast-break perspective, but they got those extra possessions. And those extra possessions off turnovers are so big, especially when you're on the road. And Indiana has been having more turnover issues of late. They had 13 against Michigan State. They had 14 against somebody else a couple of we- or a week ago. I can't remember who at this point, but they have been turning the ball over a bit more at this point in the season, which also may lead to the fact that uh, that they are a bit tired right now. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, mentioned that in Trace. I mean, Trace was quoted, as, at least in the ballpark, of saying, hey, uh, you know, we don't have time right now. I don't have time you know, to be tired or anything, but there's really nothing you can do about it. And from Trace's standpoint, he has carried so much of this load both offensively and defensively, it's unsurprising that at times he doesn't look look the same or looks like he's a little bit gassed. No, I agree. And and uh, you know, Trace has given himself given so much of himself to this team this year. He has willed them to victories at times. He has been the difference maker in many of these ball games this season, without question. Especially during Big Ten conference play, he's probably been the difference maker in almost every win that they've had. 
uh, along with uh, Hood Chapino, who's taken over that point guard position. And he, he's playing well, but he's still he's making a few too many turnovers at this point in the year at the, at the same time. And honestly, uh, from, from his perspective, that's expected at this point. He's a freshman. He's still learning. He's still trying to figure out how teams are going to guard them and, and figure out where the guy's going to be to get the next pass to, those kinds of things. And he's probably shooting it. Uh, he's kind of a sporadic shooter. If he gets it going early, he usually can he, he can light it up pretty good. But if he doesn't get it going early, he keeps trying. <laughs> and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, and, and especially in his case, because he's not afraid to take the mid-range jump shot. And he is able to knock those down. And he's just trying to get one to go through the net to start feeling good about himself. So I don't, I don't really blame him for taking an extra shot or two. Now, if there's somebody else out there taking threes that has no business doing it, and he keeps trying to make them, and when he can't, that's a bad, that's a bad sign right there. Right, right. Did you look at Walker on Tuesday night? More of a product, especially that shot making in the first half that kept them in it and then you know helped them get that lead before the end of the half. Was that more a product of him just making some great shots or the defensive situation that IU was throwing on him? A little bit of both, I think. But, but here's the thing about Tyson Walker, and I've seen him in three or four games this year on TV. And in the game he shot it well, he knocked down his first shot from nowhere land, like 25 feet out. And when he makes that first one like that, he is on fire for the rest of the night, which is exactly what he was in that first half against Indiana. Now, he didn't take as many three-pointers in the second half because I think Indiana guarded it better, but he still was able to make one early in the second half that was a factor. Uh, I, I don't think there's any question. If you let a guy get hot like him, once he feels like he's got it going, you're in real trouble because he can knock it down from anywhere. And he certainly made probably, I would argue that he probably made four of those three-pointers that he made from about 24 to 27 feet. Yeah, and there's no doubt. One was one was a slide step away from the defense that I'm telling you, Don, you just got to tip your cap when that thing goes yeah. in. It was about from the logo, and it was kind of a slide step over after a, yeah. a, an up fake. If that goes in, you're in trouble, and IU certainly was. Yep, and I, I, I think the other thing about that ball game was the fact that, that Michigan State didn't just have one guy knocking them down. They had several guys. Aikens hit a couple. Uh, Joey Hauser, of course, is a three-point shooter, and he knocked out a couple even though he took seven shots to do that. But uh, without question, uh, they've got enough guys, and even Hoggard knocked one down in the second half. Th- those three-point shots and those ball- that ball game really hurt Indiana because the Hoosiers only made five in 14 attempts. Now, they don't, they don't attempt as many as most teams, but you'd like to see them make at least five or six or seven in less, you know, in, in – 13 or 14 shots because there's little question they've gotten enough guys that can make them and I was really glad to see Trey Galloway knock down three three pointers in that contest because he's a guy that I believe should be shooting the basketball more and Miller cops another one but you know Miller is what he is he did knock down two in the ball game he and Trey got accounted for all five of their uh, three point field goals but I still think Trey, uh, Trey Galloway has got to start shooting the basketball more, especially under these circumstances when other guys aren't making them. So Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I, maybe I'm alone in this, and I don't know what he can add other than energy, which I thought Tuesday night it looked like that IU needed. Do you think we should see a little bit more of Caleb Banks out there? 
Well, I mean, I, I have to trust what the coaches are thinking when they put him out there, but I do like his energy. I like his athleticism. He's quick. He's athletic. He can guard people. He can rebound. Um, he's not proven himself as a scorer just yet, but I think he's very capable of doing that. He certainly was able to do it in high school. Again, you're making a, a, a level change when you get up to college basketball, and it's not high school anymore. But I, the, the thing I do like about him is he's not forcing shots at this point. And uh, I, I, think he's, I think he's a good enough player. He's going to get just better and better because he's just figuring out what college basketball is all about. He's finally gotten the opportunity to, to play more. And I'd like to see him get a few more minutes, but at the same time, got to trust what the coaches are doing because they certainly know their basketball team. Yeah, well, I can't look at it like what you say with, with Trey Galloway. You know, when you see him, shoot it. Shoot it more. Be more aggressive. <laughs> I, I just yeah, I, I just think Caleb Banks is aggressive. I, I don't know what that's going to give him outside of more energy. I just think that kind of speaks to what I – I brought up at the outset of this conversation is this team looks like maybe it needs some jumper cables put on it a little bit right now. And maybe, you know, he with that energy could provide it. Well, I'm certainly hoping that there's another factor that comes into play here in the next week or so. And that's one Xavier Johnson, because honestly, if you look at some of Indiana's losses here in the last month, uh, against little, uh, littler guards, smaller guards, guys that are really quick and athletic. Uh, the young kid comes to mind. Boo Booey comes to mind. They didn't have that kind of guard to defend against those guys uh, throughout this Big Ten season. And I really believe that Xavier Johnson can give them something special in that regard defensively if he's able to come back, which apparently, I mean, he's getting closer. I know that for a fact. Whether he'll play this coming week or not, I don't know. But I don't think he will against Purdue. I'm hoping that there's a chance he could play against Iowa. But if not, I hope he's back by Michigan because he's going to need to play a game or two just to get himself back into a rhythm, get himself comfortable again. And it'll be interesting to see what Mike Woodson decides to do with him, how he decides to play him, whether he brings him off the bench or whether he starts him, because this team has been pretty much the same lineup as far as the guard play is concerned since they started Big Ten action. And that means you're going to break up a combination there that's actually worked pretty good together at Hutchipino and Trey Galloway. So it's going to be interesting to see what Mike decides to do in that vein. But I do believe um, Xavier Johnson getting back for this ball club will be a huge factor if, in fact, he's back 100%. And you mentioned, too, the uh, the minutes he's going to get. And I probably shouldn't put it this way, but I, you, you can only imagine that as a player on the floor, being back and excited, he's going to be going about 100 miles an hour. So, Don, you know what I mean? You're going to you're gonna, don't laugh. I didn't mean to put it that way. But no, he, you're going to have to settle, settle him down a little bit, I think, more than, you know, inspire him. That That's going to be interesting to see how Mike Woodson handles that. I agree. I, I think that's probably going to be the, the thing that I'm going to look forward to most is just to see how he does integrate him back into the into the roster because obviously he's been sitting out since the Kansas ball game back in mid December um, and and that's a long time and when you haven't had a guy yeah, that's been key to your ball club for that amount of time it might take them a while just to get back in the flow and uh, to feel like they're back into the kind of play that they're capable of uh, producing so 
Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he plans on doing that, whether he puts him straight back into the starting lineup or he puts him in an, into a reserve role until he gets comfortable again. But right now, all they can for, all they can focus on is what's going to happen in this ball game tomorrow, and there's no doubt in my mind they'll be focused on that big time. They're going to have to be. All right, what time are you rolling up to West Lafayette tomorrow afternoon? Well, we'll get there. We'll get our, we'll get to the ballpark around 4:30 in the afternoon, and uh, we got plenty to do to get ready for the ball game, get set up, and all those kinds of things. But uh, we're looking forward to it. It should be a heck of a ball game. You know, what gives me hope and and belief is that last year they gave Purdue all they could handle with a two-point yeah. ball game, and really had a chance to beat them there. That has to give this group of players a lot of confidence, I would think. Yeah, I, I, I think about it this way in terms of IU. You, you just, you, you've got to make that backcourt unsure. I just don't know what much you can do with the normalcy that Edie is. But with that backcourt, I think you kind of got to work them to see if you can get them a little off of, of what they normally have been. And more times than not, certainly in Braden Smith's case, he is, he's been fantastic leading this team. But I think you've kind of got to rattle those cages a little bit if you're IU. I don't know if they're capable of doing it, but it kind of seemed like from a turnover standpoint and the free throw shooting, which was everybody in that initial game in Bloomington, it, it kind of seemed like that there was a little early rattling going on. You'd like to see that from an IU standpoint happen, certainly in that game on Saturday night. Well, I really think that was the key in the first matchup, uh, aside from the fact that Purdue was having problems at the line. and, and turn, But the turnover aspect of it, I think a lot of it had to do with Indiana's pressure they put on those guards because they're freshman guards. Everybody knows that. They're very capable players, obviously, or they wouldn't be 24-4 and four at this point in the season. They're obviously daggone good. But the fact of the matter is, uh, since since Indiana beat them, putting a lot of pressure on those two guards, they've also lost a couple more ball games since then. So, right now, uh, I think that's the the real key. If you can put the pressure on the guards and make them a little bit ordinary, I don't want to say that they're going to be ordinary in the sense of what kind of players they are, because they're really great players. But nevertheless, they are freshmen. They're still learning too, and if you can put pressure on them, it may cause them havoc. Hey, Don, did you celebrate the uh, 85 chair throw anniversary yesterday? What did you guys do with that? Anything? You know, I didn't do anything with it because I'm not on the air with anything but these kinds of shows right now. <laughs> so I didn't do anything about you, it. You light a I, candle or something at home? I don't know. Maybe. No, I, I literally <laughs> didn't even think about it until I saw something on television about it. So <laughs> I didn't think about the anniversary of the chair throw. And honestly... Uh, to be quite honest about it, I'm surprised that anybody brought it up. Well, it, you know what? It's an annual thing now with social media. I think somebody just kind of logs it in, and you know, every every day in February that it is, it it pops back up every single know, year. So you know, John, the historian that I am, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the historian that I am, number one and number two, the fact that I'm such a social media mogul. <laughs> right, right. You're right on. Yeah, I figured you were right on Twitter, going. Yeah, I, call, I called that game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, that's me. Twitter, TikTok, uh, whatever, <laughs> Facebook, all that crap. <laughs> oh, all that crap is exactly, exactly right. I don't know. Full disclosure on this, I don't know 
Because I was actually, I remember where I was. I was in preparation for an Eastern Green Thunderbird basketball game. As a sophomore, I was had my ass on the couch doing nothing watching that game on a Saturday afternoon. I always prep really well. And I was watching that game, and it was like, uh, dudes, I really didn't know. Like, Bill Hoskett was one on TV. Um, and I forget who the other guy was. But, Don, I don't know if I've ever heard your call when that went down. Well, you probably wouldn't have heard much because I was stunned into silence for about 10 seconds. I couldn't believe what I just saw. <laughs> I think I probably, well, I probably, in, I probably intoned, uh, I probably intoned the uh, Jack Buck call. I don't believe what I just saw. <laughs> I, I thought I, when, he, when he showed up with that kind of polo shirt and no sleeves, and, and I do remember that day. It was like yesterday. It was, you know, uh, it, yeah incredibly warm for a february day and you kind of thought what what's going on here <laughs> so <laughs> there, there was your answer <laughs> yeah. well the fact the fact that you remember all that stuff john is amazing I know. because uh, i mean i remember the i remember exactly what he did i remember what it looked like and everything else but i would i can't remember that he had the polo shirt on or any of that kind of stuff I'd yeah yeah, yeah rolled out there with short sleeves. I think because my, my grandparents obviously grew up or grew up. They were already grown up as big IU fans. And I remember them saying he just wanted to go out and play golf. <laughs> that's, that's why he did that. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think I, that's really what was going on. But nevertheless. No, 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 no. I don't think he liked Fred Jaspers very well and that particular crew. And he was a little irritable. And then Steve Reed running over there and grabbing the chair was always pretty classic. Or trying to grab the chair was always pretty classic. <laughs> well, honestly... You know, to celebrate the uh, the chair throw, obviously, I, I'm happy for people that they remember that because obviously yes. it's stuck in their brains, too. <laughs> it is. Hey, are you going to our table tonight? Not tonight. Nope. Oh. Not tonight. We're staying home. You're going to be like Norm on Cheers walking into that place in the not-so-distant future. <laughs> They're going to all yell, Don, when you walk through the door. <laughs> well, trust me, I get the look from my wife. She'll, she'll, as soon as you bring up the harem incident, uh, the harem that I have out there, I'm in trouble. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, can't wait to listen tomorrow night, which I guess I won't be able to do because I'm going to be opposite of you. I'm going to get buried tomorrow night. Come on, man. Don't bury me. <laughs> Why do you have – is your show on from 6 to midnight or something? Something? Six until midnight, yeah. Can you, hey, hustle that game up a little bit. Get that thing over with so I can get my listeners back tomorrow night. Come on, man. Well, you, you know I have a lot to do with that, John. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if a made jumper by Trey Galloway is more listenable than Ambrosia from 1980. What do you guys think? I, I don't know. I'm going to go with Trey Galloway on this one, I think. Well, I hope they do. <laughs> yeah. It's certainly what you're looking for. Hey, it's always a pleasure. Appreciate you more than you know. And uh, have a great call up at West Lafayette tomorrow night. We'll do it again. We'll do it again coming up next week. Hey, I appreciate it, John. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, with us. Hey, awesome. Always love hearing Don Fisher. But, John, we have a special guest here getting ready to leave. Big shout-out to J-Law, beautiful wife, Susie. Susie. Happy birthday. Yes, Happy birthday, birthday to you. Thanks for coming out today. 
Wish you the best of birthdays right there. So Susie's awesome, you. by the she way. She is awesome. Too. That and is part J-Lo of the Foo Bar Lounge. Love it. The Foo Bar Lounge every Saturday night. Love it. And I know J Law is a big IU fan, so I don't know how much the listenership I'm going to get. <laughs> Am I going to have to put my show on automatic pilot tomorrow night? No, I'll be on. All right, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> That's J Law right there. Susie, happy, happy birthday. birthday to Tavern Short Stop February is at the Broad Ripple Tavern. We're in Broad Ripple with Heaven Hill Distillery. Brent Halverson rejoins. We'll come back with you on the other side. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Podline. The betting lines for IU Purdue tomorrow night. And as I mentioned, I teased this a little bit earlier, what Daniel Jeremiah said needs to happen for the Colts to get what he believes they would want at quarterback in this spring NFL draft. That and more coming up on the other side. Broad Ripple Tavern, Tavern Tour Stop. Number two for 2023 is live on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Excuse me, Robo. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? Stay out of trouble. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. This is the Broad Ripple Tavern in Broad Ripple. Thank you for joining us. Tavern Tour Stop. We're in February, so that's number two of 2023. Devin's the engineer on site. Jacob and Brittany are doing the work here for us as well. Nicole's been on the show working hard for you. The Smiley Bros are over there in the corner, which is always good to see them. SPT, Sean, Mark, and the gang over there. Fantastic. Kent with the lowdown yesterday on the 85 chair-throwing Bob Knight game. With that call, if you remember, Tommy S. from Coaches Downtown. Brent Halverson of Heaven Hill Distillery. Of course, Heaven Hill Distillery, the sponsor of the Tavern Tour Stop. As we did it last year, we're doing it again here in 2023, which so far has been excellent. It has been great, John. I mean, again, we started off right across the street at the Alley Cat, yep. which is one of the most infamous places here in Broad Ripple. We're backing it up with the Broad Ripple Tavern here today. And should we go ahead and let the uh, let everybody know where we're going to be next month? I Do you want to tease that or you want to go with that? Right? We can go ahead and say if you want. It's up to you. Let's go ahead and get it out there. Go ahead right? and get Let's it out do there. This, so this, Tavern Tour Stop. Month of March. I, I try to coincide that with last year because last year, our first one, Workingman's Friend. Yep. This year, our first one, right across Carrollton. Absolutely. Alley Cat. February a year ago, Sam Silver Circle yep. around Fred time Square. as well. Absolutely. This year, it's Broad Ripple Tavern in the month of March a year ago. Month of March. I'd have to do some research on that, John. Were we at, um, were we at Tommy S.'s place? No, I think, I think, I think was, we're, that was later, later in the year, I believe. It? Because I thought it was April. We were at the Mousetrap I, I think you're right on that. But I thought we were maybe at Tommy S.'s, maybe. I'll do a little research on that. I'm, so, a, I'm, I'm intrigued. So, yeah. I mean, we did a lot of new stuff last year, too. Whistle Stop downtown. Absolutely. Great spot. Uh, the checkered flag yes. over on West Washington Absolutely. Street. A lot of new stuff. Where are we going in the month of March so we're this gonna, year? We're going to keep that new train rolling, right? I like, like, it. The, like the new stops we haven't been to yet. And uh, we're going to do March 31st, which is the last Friday of March, mm-hmm. is going to be a whiskey business on Pendleton Pike. Right on. Right? So there's two whiskey businesses, one down south. Great locations. It's been around for a minute, and we're going to be out there, uh, yeah, March 31st, Whiskey Business, last I have, Friday of the month. I have actually been to the one 
on Southport and the one on Pendleton Pike. So I love it up there. Jared and Mike, great yep. guys. I mean, they, they, they just run a great business out there. And again, we talk a true tavern t- style. They've got it right. I mean, it's got a great setup. It's all kind of that old school feel to it. Uh, a lot of good sports, a lot of good beverages, great food, great people. Whiskey business in Pendleton Pike, on Pendleton Pike, at the end of the month in it's March. It's going to be a must visit if you're in Fortville, McCordsville, Geist, uh, northeast side of Indy. That's Absolutely. going to be a great spot on Pendleton Pike coming up on the 31st of March. Absolutely. Looking forward to that for sure, my friend. Absolutely. Whiskey business is our next tavern tour stop coming up on the 31st of March with Brent Halverson and Heaven Hill Distillery. All right, we got IU Purdue coming up tomorrow. 7.30 is that tip time. Yep. Again, 6.30 downstairs. Your coverage begins with Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, 93 WIBC. Give me some money. I have in mind what I think is going to happen, but give me some of those betting odds as of right now. So right now what we're looking at, John, is uh, Purdue is a seven-and-a-half point favorite, right? Seven-and-a-half point favorite. Yep. Total is 140-and-a-half. IU won the game uh, a few weeks back. They won 79 to 74 in Bloomington. Going to be tougher task here and uh, at uh, Mac Arena in Lafayette. Seven and a half is a big number. I mean, it you is got, a big you got two hot teams here that uh, you know. If you look at IU, IU, I think they're both seven and three. The last ten, both of them. Right. Um, but the, the big number here is away and home. Right. IU is four and seven on the road. Right. Four and seven on the road. They're also going up against a 13-1 Purdue squad that they're going to have a lot. You know, talking to Brian Evans earlier, they're going to have a lot of that uh, number one revenge factor. That home court advantage is big. You get those momentum swings and all that happens. But seven and a half is a big number when you're talking about a team playing pretty hot like IU is against a squad like uh, Purdue. But uh, Zach Eady, man, I tell you what, it's tough. And, and, and the thing that I like to bet, John, a little prop bet here and there, Zach Eady, you take him over points, over rebounds. I mean, he just, he adds up right there. So I hope that uh, Trace Jackson can bring it, and I hope Hoosiers will stand up there and cover that 7.5 because I'm leaning that IU squad 7.5. I um, I look at it this way. I, before I even saw the line, I thought that Purdue would win by 10. Well, So I would I would go ahead and lay that number take the Boilermakers at home. That's, you know, that's how much... I believe in what they're going to do to get a bounce back against IU. And I also think that's how much this home environment is going to mean. I think you look back at that first meeting in Bloomington, we saw how much in the first half the home environment meant. And then you saw IU kind of hang on in the second half. I just think that anything, and also it factors in with IU on the road. Sure. And you mentioned the numbers with IU on yep. the road. This, to me, is going to be more like a 10-point Boilermaker win. So I, 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 think that that, I think that number, to me, I, I certainly would, would lay it and take the Boilermakers at home. Probably a good call. I mean, again, you, you look at that home court advantage. It's so big in college basketball. I look at a lot of these home teams that are laying that short yeah. number because at home, you get that, that momentum switch. You get the crowds in the game. That's a big deal in college basketball. I mean, more so than any other sport. That college home turf, or home court, if you will. Yes. Uh, it's a big deal. So, uh, you know what? Hopefully, I, you can hang with them, make it a great game. But uh, you might be onto something there. I think it's probably a decent I, call. I, uh, I, there's, you saw in that second half in the first meeting, Purdue really start to figure things out. And you know, people say this, and it doesn't matter because the game wasn't two minutes sure. or three minutes longer. But had there been two or three minutes left in that game, Purdue probably would overcome 
and would have won that game. It was all their undoing in the first half. Well, it's the turnovers, missed free throws, things of that nature. It was IU a little bit more on their heels in the latter portions of that game. And sure, you know, coming off of coming off of Tuesday, I just think you're going to have a more rested and ready Purdue team. And again, that home court is going to be everything. Oh, it is. And that home court in this case, I think, is worthy of in and around a 10-point ball for the Boilermakers. You know, you look at those games. We, we mentioned earlier that Northwestern-Illinois game last time. I mean, Northwestern was just in the leading control, right? But yep. then the tied switch, college basketball, tied switch. That home, that home team came back. They got the W, which was wild. I mean, it was a wild comeback. It's, you never know. You never know in this uh, in the in the college basketball world. But uh, it's always fun to watch. And again, Brian mentioned it earlier. Such a big game for both teams. The love hate relationship, yes. if you will. It's that that's that's their Super Bowl, right? That that is their big game. They're going at each other on. So, um, hey, looking forward to a good game. And uh, I think I'm I'm excited for uh, March 16th to come around the corner. Two weeks out, we got a little uh, March Madness stuff. Yeah, I mean it's not far off whatsoever. And this also. When Don Fisher brought up Xavier Johnson and wanting to see him, and a lot of people go, well, you know, what is he going to be worth? You know, how is he going to get back involved? But Greg gave me this number, and, and that's something to the recollection we had at Purdue a year ago with IU, that near-miss loss. I think it was a two-point win by the Boilermakers. Xavier Johnson for IU, 18 points, and I think he had, what do you have, 12 assists up there? He went 18-12 and 12 on the road at Purdue. And I know that people get mad at him because he gets a little bit out of sorts. He gets going a little bit, note laugh, too fast. Um, you know, sometimes can be a bit of a wild card, but he could also be a wild card in a different way. He is a dynamic that this team simply does not have right now. And that's the chief reason why they hung into that and had their self an opportunity to win there a year ago. Without him, I hope that they get him back, but without him up there and what we have seen here recently, I think it's going to be a tough one for IU. It is. And again, back to what Brian mentioned earlier. I mean, you know, the, the mentality of, hey, let's go in there and get one. We can yeah. win. If you can win at home, we go on the road. Yeah. I love that mentality. Is it there? Do they have that? Do they have that buzz? You know, you got to go up against a tough Purdue team who's been ranked number one for several weeks out of the year. Now they're back in the seven, eight range, I believe. Um, you know, it, it, it is going to be a tough spot to go play, but you got to know that you can go in there and win the game, right? You got to yeah. know that you can win the game. You got to have all your tools in the bag ready to go. Um, and again, hey, that's why they play them. We'll see what happens. So Brent Halverson, our betting analyst regarding IU Purdue part two coming up tomorrow night up at Mackey Arena in West Lafayette. Again, that tip time is at 730 Broad Ripple Tavern, Tavern Tour stop in the month of February here. We're with Heaven Hill Distillery on the other side. We'll take care of a couple of things and remember maybe a couple of minutes coming up after six o'clock as well as we get you set for the last word with the Gorman and Matt Taylor coming up a little bit after six. No Pacer action tonight. Pacers on the road tomorrow night at Orlando. The first of four on the road for the Pacers against the Magic coming up tomorrow night. And then basically morning and midday, that's Class A and 2A matchups for the girls' state finals tomorrow. 3A and 4A come later on in the evening after 6 o'clock. All four games. Gamebridge Fieldhouse tickets are available right now. The IHSAA Girls State Finals brought to you by the Fever and the Pacers. That's coming at you tomorrow 
afternoon, morning, and evening. It should be a blast. Quick break, and we'll come back. Brent Halverson rejoins, and I'm finally going to get to the angle in which Daniel Jeremiah believes the Colts should pursue regarding their future drafted quarterback. That's coming up next, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. This is our Tavern Tour stop for February at the Broad Ripple Tavern. i got to thank Nicole for coming on a little bit earlier, too. The game coming on here tomorrow evening. Got games on here all the time. A great hangout it has been for years. I thank Broad Ripple Tavern for having us. Whiskey Business Pendleton Pike for the month of March. That is what next. There you go. Look at everybody in Geist is fired up over there. The Smiley Bros are fired up. <laughs> smiley doesn't show us. Smiley not hang out with you guys. He's sleeping right now. He's been up uh, all day. Hey, does he sleep in a hat? He wears that hat everywhere. Smiley Bros. I got to see him sometime, though. I haven't. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's not. It, yeah, he didn't do that. So, no, but I, I got, we got to see Smiley come out to an event at some point here. The Smiley Bros are here. We got a lot of our friends of the show that made it out today. I can't thank everybody enough for that. Before we get to a couple of things with our betting analyst, Brent Holverson, I mentioned this. Daniel Jeremiah, who does all the great work as far as the draft coverage for the NFL network is concerned, had mentioned this with a uh, conference call with those that cover the, the Colts here locally, that if he were the Colts, he would not sleep well at night if they did not trade up to get the number one overall selection because what they want would be gone. And what he means by that is specifically Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, as we've talked about for a number of days leading up to where we are right now, are the top two and that there is an incredible drop off after that, meaning somebody's going to trade up to get a quarterback and then Houston's going to take their quarterback. Maybe Houston trades up, maybe whatever. But he mentions that the Colts need to, and this falls in line with Rick Venturi last week coming on the show and says, by no uncertain terms, the Colts should trade up. He likes Bryce Young. Many people believe Bryce Young is too small. I like C.J. Stroud. Many people believe C.J. Stroud hasn't shown enough and will fall in line with other former Ohio State quarterbacks of not making it in the NFL and had way too many weapons at Ohio State that he won't have with the Colts. But Daniel Jeremiah is saying that there is a large gulf between those two quarterbacks and everybody else. I'm not sure if that's how the Colts view it. But that is according to Daniel Jeremiah a little bit earlier today. The odds on favorite to go number one overall, Alabama quarterback, Brett Halverson, Bryce Young. Yeah, you know, I'm a C.J. Stroud guy, too. You know, I really am. And it's going to be interesting to see what the Bears do, right? Like, there's a lot of talk about Fields moving him, right? I think they've got him. I think they found out what he can do. 
But they they hold that wild card right there. They kind of control what's going on. They're, they're sitting in the driver's seat right now. I had asked, actually, somebody had asked me, where did this Justin Fields being traded and Colts interest? And th that's not even a rumor. That's something I was talking to Kevin Bowen, I think the week before last, and we both knew that if we're talking about a draftable quarterback over the past handful of years, the one that Chris Ballard, according to us, had interest in more so than anybody else was Justin Fields. So it wasn't a rumor that was floating around. It's something that Kevin and I had talked about a couple of weeks ago. Now, that's not going to happen. They're going to draft their quarterback. They're not going to trade with the Bears for Justin Fields. They're going to draft their quarterback. But uh, you have Rick Venturi talking about moving up. Now, Daniel Jeremiah talks about moving up. Uh, yesterday with Mike Chappell, Mike Chappell seems to think they have plenty of ammunition to move up. You know, I, I question some of these other teams that may also try to jump into this and may have more to offer in the long run to get up there. This is going to be an incredibly interesting couple of weeks. And by the way, at the Combine, one time next week for me, that's on Wednesday. And the reason I'm going on Wednesday, normally there's nothing going on in the afternoon, so it's kind of stupid for me to go. But I'm going in the afternoon on Wednesday because Colts general manager Chris Ballard is going to join me on the show coming up next Wednesday. And we will talk about a great deal of that with Chris Ballard on this show coming up next Wednesday. You know, there's also a wild card, John. Just out of the deep, dark secrets of uh, Oregon, yes. Mr. Aaron Rodgers, oh, has, yeah. uh, he's popped out of the... Uh, Mr. Uh, I want to be all by myself here. I don't want all this attention. Give me more attention. He's popped out of the darkness retreat, which, you know, we saw some pictures. <laughs> I mean, looked like a nice little place, you know, up, in, did, up, in, yeah. up in the great Northwest, well, right? Yeah. So it wasn't what, quite what, a hermit hangout. Not by really. Stretch. It was yeah. really nice. You know, I read something earlier. Pretty, pretty wild. This thing's booked up for 18 months, right? Like people go to do this. Oh, they really do they that? They really go and they're booked up at 163 Is there people. a crapper in there or anything like that? I, I didn't see a toilet. There, there better be, right? I mean, I don't know what you do, but if you're in the dark, I mean, maybe you just don't have to. There are no lights knows? in that thing? There's no, there, I think there's some candles I saw, but uh, I don't know how dark it gets. But, so uh, what chick did he take up in there? You know, I'm, I'm no sure, way you go I'm up sure there, there was a revolving chick. door in there. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> you know, you got to keep things going. You but, don't want uh, that guy back in Green Bay, do you? I do. Do you really? I want him back for one more year. Man. I want him back for one more year. And only because. Has everybody not tired of that act? I want to go beat that guy right there. I want to go beat Minnesota that guy right Vikings. there. Tommy Sutton and the Minnesota Vikings. But, hey, hey, was Kirk you know Cousins going to live like some hermit in the darkness in Oregon? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hey, you know what? I, you know what he did last year was his whole ayahuasca thing, right? Like that's a big thing. Like, yeah, I, I'd like to go. I mean, I have a friend that would like to go check that out, maybe. You know, but uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. I think it is time to get Jordan Love involved. He sat in the sidelines for the last three years. He kind of the same card that uh, Rodgers played when Favre was yeah. quarterback, right? So it's kind of very similar. It's happened, you know. It's pretty wild. I just don't know. Again, you you got to want that guy. I think he's probably one of the best top five quarterbacks of all time. You got to want him on your team to have a chance. I think, but also in that passing, he's got to be a Jordan Love opportunity coming up. So, you know, we'll see. I'm I'm really excited to uh, to see where this darkness retreat leads to. You know, that's where it all came in. I would have uh, dropped him after uh, he broke up with Olivia 
month. <laughs> All right. I got no more use for you now. All right. I, I got you. I got hey, you. Let me take a break. Hey, James, jump on here really quick. How long do we have coming up here at extra time after 6? We have got till about 6.06. 6.06. 6.06. So. so Brent's going to rejoin, and Brent's doing something this weekend I want to make sure everybody's privy to, yep. and you can check out. So we'll come Absolutely. back with that. A little extra time on the show. We're not going to do when anything goes, but a little extra time on the show. Tavern Tour Stop number 2 for 2023 is at the Broad Ripple Tavern. We'll go over the day, get you set for the rest of the weekend, and where you can catch Brent coming up this weekend, and the free samples are flowing as well, coming up on the other side. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. They call me Cuba Pete. I'm the king of a rumba beat. When I play the maracas, I go chick chicky boom chick chicky boom. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. I'm John. Thank you for joining us. We're back at the Broad Ripple Tavern for a final time. The last word, Matt Taylor, the Gorman, coming up on the other side. I'm assuming it's going to be the Gorman. So it's an assumption right there. You know, I, I mentioned Miles Turner, the game he had last night, one of the best offensive performances um, that you have seen as far as how many shots he took and having 40 points, having 10 rebounds, being a big man, too, factors in. But really one of the, the greatest single-game performances offensively you've seen. And, and you kind of know me, my support for 33 in the past. This is the type of stuff I get, and this is what makes me me. You ready, Billy, back there? Travis Dollard tweets at me saying, stroking your boy on air while he's posting about how great he played in a loss. He gave away easy offensive rebounds in crunch time that cost us the W. That's what I get. 40-10 on, what, 8 of 10 from three-point land? What did he miss? Two shots, I think, one free throw. Efficiency-wise, there have not been just maybe a handful of individual performances better than that. And uh, this is the type of jackassery I get right here. (laughs) That's what I get. That's what I get for being me right there from Travis. Shout out to Travis for the numbnuttery. We appreciate that very much. So, all right, Brent Halverson. Yes, sir. You're going to be caught someplace in a good way. Absolutely. With Heaven Hill Distillery on the road this week. You know, a big shout out to my lovely wife, Lisa. Lovely Lisa. She's been working now in the last, uh, call it, 10 days at the Boat Sport and Travel Show at the fairgrounds. I'm going to be down there with her tomorrow. So Lisa and, and Rachel Wagner, awesome, awesome girls. If you're down there tonight, go back and see them. If not, come by and see us tomorrow. So Mystic Waters Campground, we've got a yep. little booth down there. There's a big, big boat sport and travel show going on. Uh, got a lot of great things to showcase down there. So we're going to have some fun stuff down there to uh, see. And if you, uh, it's the last day for it. So get out and come down and join us. And uh, may, I might have a little treat for you if you come a by and say treat. hi. A little treat now. Is it like the treat we did last year at the uh, one of this? Remember that last year we did at the home show? Ooh. And that's they booted us out. They not, booted us out. Not that big of a tree, John. we got to keep that quiet. We got, we <laughs> oh, got yeah, not that, that big five a tree. years, you know. Uh, we yeah. did that for five years. Five years we did it. And then we got shut down right in the middle of it. Yeah, and it was ridiculous because everybody was jealous how long the line was. It, well, I know. Or the Connecticut Water Booth on that The Connecticut Water Booth and the big, beautiful Evan Peach oh, display, that little uh, the luge. The luge I'm was still awesome. pissed about that. I am that was too. ridiculous. I am, too. I miss that. That was a fun time, man. But no, Boat Sport and boat Travel sport Show. Boat Sport and Travel Show at the uh, Indianapolis Fairgrounds. Uh, come on by. Uh, a lot of good stuff out there to see what's coming up for the uh, 
uh, the near future, the spring, the summer, the fall. Uh, Lisa and Rachel have been holding it down there. They have RVs the, uh, out there? RVs. Many, many RV companies out RV. there. I do, too. I do, too. I want to live in an RV like on Trapper John M.D., Remember when Gonzo Gregory Harrison lived in the <laughs> RV in the hospital parking lot? Well, you know what, John? I want to live in an RV. Maybe we can do it. We need to do a little thing with you and Smiley. Yes. We'll get Smiley and the bros the out bros. there. The bros. Smiley's got his RV. We get you one. <laughs> Put you out of Mystic Waters Campground yes. in Pendleton. Side by side. And we can do some uh, back and forth right there. How about that? I remember a time when Smiley was uh, parked at his station and somebody got underneath his RV and stole his catalytic converter. Did they really? Yeah. Holy cow. Was it during COVID <laughs> well, he was when on he, the was air. There, he was in there? he was on the air. That's almost as bad as my food getting ripped off during when I'm on the air. So, so what yeah. happens when that when somebody steals your catalytic converter? Can you, what, what happens? I think you just go out and your vehicle's incredibly loud. Is that what it is? I think that's what it is. Isn't that a muffler that keeps that silent? I believe I'm not anywhere near a mechanic, but I think if your catalytic converter gets ripped off in that fashion that all of a sudden your vehicle is going to be quite loud. We'd make some really bad thieves, wouldn't we? <laughs> yeah. what do you, what, let's go get some catalytic converters. We'd cut off like a tire rod or something. <laughs> You know, <laughs> no doubt about that. Uh, but no, hey, uh, great times yeah. again. If you're if you're out and about tomorrow, the last day of the boat sport and travel show at the fairgrounds, come down and see us. Come down and see me. I'm gonna have some treats down there to pass along. Um, John, I also want to give a big shout out. Uh, Mark Saproti, Lee Bob, Gary Simzak, fellow betas from Ball State University are out right. today. Uh, beta Theta Pi, my boys are in the house. Love you guys. Thanks for coming out tonight. Thanks to everybody here. Yeah, hey, for coming give yourself out here a round today. of applause for coming out yes. for the show today. A lot of people Tatter. we had not seen in a long time. Thank you guys very much. And like I mentioned, the bros are down there as well. But a lot of familiar faces that we see over the course of an NFL season. And John, do you see these. Jeannie Delise, Jeannie Delise behind the bar with Nikki back. Back there, Jeannie is now here. One of my favorite, favorite of all time. Jeannie Delise is now at the bar. Come out and see Jeannie, Nikki, Nicole, all the girls here, everybody here at Broadway Tavern. Thank you guys. We love you all. Austin, Alicia, Plainfield over there. They just recently got Absolutely. married. Absolutely. Alex Cotton awesome. setting things up right here. Fantastic. Thank you, too, man. man. Hey, I love Always. it, bro. Thank you. It's uh, Brent Halverson, everybody. Heaven Hill Distillery, the boat, sport, and travel show. Check him out this weekend. It is Mystic Waters you'll be looking for booth-wise, and the lovely Lisa will be holding that down for you as well. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live, a great week from you guys. Thank you, as always. Devin, the engineer, Brittany, and Jacob here as well. Thank you guys for being out, and thank everybody. Yeah. We got a roll. Woo. Broad Ripple Tavern and Nicole, thank you for having us. Tomorrow, JMB, take over. Hey, now you're waking up. <laughs> Six until midnight on B105.7. Other side, we've got the last word. Here comes Matt Taylor and the Goreman. Straight at you next. Have a great weekend. Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairgrounds. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com.